And you can hear me good. I, I think I can hear you. you know, so I, don't I can't it. hear you through that Dodger hat, but I can hear everything else. You want to do a show? Dude, I've always just big, I big Dodger fan, dude. Know, just I huge and number one supporter. You don't okay, well, you want to do a show or not? I, I, you know what? The show started without you. Okay, just so you know. so if I you're not going to answer, I guess I don't, have, I don't have a choice. I don't. I, I know this upsets people, but I am not. I you know that I I love the Cubs. I love the Brewers. I love the Packers. I grew up I grew up uh, you know it's part Chicago, part Wisconsin, and there was separation because everybody was horrible. So there was really nothing to ever worry about. Yeah, the they world were all, it was all is, garbage sports for a very long time. Yeah, and and because everything. Welcome to Hollywood Anonymous. I'm Brian Irwin. I'm John Huck. No, but what I was I say was that because everything was separated and because it was such an important part of my childhood, sports was both football and baseball. And I had experiences and exposure to all those teams at different points in my life. I have a soft spot for all of them in one way, shape, or form. And a lot of people don't seem to understand it. They want me to be, like, pick pick one and be, like, mega angry at everything else. And I'm like, I can't do that. Like, you don't it's have just to not, do that. No, but yeah. what I'm saying is people are confused at the fact that I mean, I, they think I'm a Fairweather fan. I'm like, no, you don't understand. Like, everything that I, from movies to TV to sports, is based on how I was impacted as a child. And so those are good memories to me. And, you know, I grew up around the 82 Brewers, which are a bunch of fat guys hitting home runs and Harvey's wall bangers and Robin yeah. Yount and Paul Molitor and Cecil Cooper and Ben Ogilvy. Like, it's like... Those were guys that I watched. They played in a half barrel. Would you ever go to County Stadium? That horrible dude. I went to I went to one of the last Cubs Brewers games at County Stadium before they tore it down. I got blackout drunk. Okay, so you don't have no idea what Listen, happened. And you woke I, up and two, it was Miller Park. Two two friends of mine. <laughs> we, we there was two friends drove whatever. We get there. I start pounding beers. The Cubs go up like I would say five to two in like the fourth or fifth by the fourth or fifth inning. So I'm yelling. At Brewers fans, mocking them, being a real piece of garbage, and we've uh, all seen it. Go ahead. Then I pass out in like the seventh <laughs> inning, and when I wake up, the Cubs have blown the lead. The Brewers won the game, and people are walking out like in my face, like "fuck you," right in my face. And I look up, I'm like, "What is everyone so mad about?" And my two friends are like, "Can we? Can we go? We need Can to we go. Just go. We need to go. We need to go." And now. that was like uh, that was the last. That was the last Cubs Brewers game I went to. I've been to the new Miller Park. It's a nice park. It is a nice park. Very family friendly. Look, I I have fond memories of County well, Stadium, but it was not. Oh, it was a garbage yeah. hole. What I would actually you... saw Packer the Packers play there. Ugh. They used to have play half. Can you imagine this? It's knowing knowing how much money is spent on stadiums and maintenance and all that stuff, that it's just funny when you look back on it. The Packers only played half their games in Green Bay for a really long time because they wanted the Milwaukee market. So four yeah. games are playing a baseball diamond. A la the Oakland well, they Raiders. They needed the Milwaukee market. They needed people to like be into them. Right. There was an actual that. time where yeah. they weren't selling out. Yeah. Now, now it's they impossible. don't need to. Even people if they will have drive. losing seasons. You yeah. can't get Packer tickets, no. like season tickets. No. Uh, what would you do if the if it was Cubs Brewers in a series? You know what I? This, this is a, <laughs> you have a hat sewn together that's like two sided. The, 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 like the, the crazy wacky hat. hat. Yes, the crazy wacky. You know they did, again just going back to my youth. They used to make those hats, the home and away hats, where you could turn them. <laughs> And I was just like, who's... God, the 80s sucked. <laughs> well, they, we, there was a lot of bad ideas floating around, right? Like those sunglasses that flipped up over the glasses that yeah. you didn't need? Oh, my God, yeah. <laughs> the Dwayne Waynes from a different world. <laughs> That's right. You know that stuff's coming back. It's going to come back. It the, has to. It the, will. the millennial I hipsters are going to bring back the flip-up sunglasses. It's going to happen. Yeah. The irony will be back. Um, I, I, because, I, because now we know that I've turned 50, can I just complain about being... I think that's what people in their 50s okay, do. Good. 
Because it's just, there's, so for some reason, I decided to help out at safety valet at school. And, you know, the key word is safety for the children. The key word is valet. I already want to quit because people, parents don't care. They don't follow the rules. And, and, and like, I went to go, like, somebody pulls up, right? And I go to open the door, and the dad won't unlock the door. He gets out and lets his kid out on the traffic side. And I'm like, okay, two things here. One, it's safety valet, okay? I'm not a valet you throw your keys to, and I go park your car, or I Ferris Bueller it for the day. It's not, that's not what this is. <laughs> that would this be is awesome. specifically designed to do what's right for your child in a, in a safety situation. So to, to get him out and put him into traffic where people also race by because they're angry that they're waiting for this long line of people to drop their kids off because they could care less about that because they've already dropped their kid off. Three behind that, not waiting to get in, they just drop their kids off and do this. And I just finally, I'm like, I can't, I can't do this. I hate people. Like, it just immediately made me want to hate people. Uh, I just I, I hated I hated spoken parents. like a true fifty year old man. Well, I mean, if you can't even follow the basic and simple rules, for the Dude. whole point is your child's safety, and it drives me nuts. And this just this goes further. This goes further than just safety valet. But people who live in this world who say that rules don't apply to me, I fucking hate them. And I'm, that goes for anything. I just can't stand it when people think that oh, I don't have to do that. This is my world, and I'm going to do whatever I want. I don't care what the consequences are of it, and that's that mentality that I see in a very small like sample size at that school. So I turn to the other people in Valet. I'm like, now I know why you're on the far end. You put me closest to all the fuck all the nuts. Dicks. Yeah, because yeah. you don't want to deal with it anymore. You realize you figured it out, and you go down to the end where you can go, bye, yeah. have a nice day. I'm up at the front waiting, and they're looking at me going, why aren't you yelling at them right now? I'm like, I'm not getting a fight with these people. I don't care. I don't care. First of all, I, yell, I hate yelling. them for not taking care of their my, children. My parents have never been yelled at in front of me. Do you know what I mean? No one's ever yelled at my mom. But there are there are people I who know. have done it in safety valet. There are some people who are willing to yell at parents, and I can't I can't do it because I'm over it. I got one foot out the door, and I'm like, what is the point at this? I'm gone. I'm done. I'm gone. I'm over it. You know, I don't care. I hate you. I definitely hate you. Um, but I hated a lot of people before. <laughs> sure, 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 sure. You've had from 45 to 50 to get your hate on. No, um, I just, I, what, what I mean by hate, and I'm saying that sarcastically, I just don't understand when par- there's certain things that parents do that just set me off. One of them is never putting your child's best interest first and putting your, your best interest first, which is like this safety valley, perfect example. Of, I don't care. I want to go. I'm not going to yeah. wait. So I'm I'll willing chuck to put my kid out in front of a I'm bus. I'm willing to put my kid in harm's way because I just want to go. I don't have time for this. That's selfish. Yeah, I mean, I agree with you. People who think that the rules don't apply to them, they're annoying. Now, the uh, exception to that would be myself. The rules don't necessarily apply to me. Get so out. I can do whatever I want. Get out. <laughs> also, what if I just started showing up there with no kid to drop off? Hey, Brian. Hi. I will say at least. <laughs> at, at least. Well, yeah, well, okay. You'd be arrested, but that's. Um, yeah, it's even worse at my kids' middle school though, because people just drop their kids off in the middle of the street, and they cut they cut through cars that are driving. And I, I again, I look at it and go, "Do you not love your children? Do you not love that? Do you love getting? Do you love not parking more than your children? Like literally, that's what their choice is. I love not. Maybe parking. they're just helping out with Darwinism. <laughs> I don't know. You know, it's just sometimes if my kid's just, not bright enough to look both ways. Maybe he doesn't deserve to go I just, to school I, anymore. I, again. Do you love do you love time? The the extra minute that you think you're saving. Do you love that extra minute 
more than your child's life. Like those are the decisions you're making in that moment. And do you trust everybody else driving around you enough? God no, that's that would be my thing. Is I don't trust any other driver. We need to bring our guest in because because uh, the next topic, angry dad topic, I, I it does relate to him, Uh-oh. which is how we know each other. Oh, you yelled at him? No, he yelled at you. No, no, no. No, uh, uh, actor Trevor St. John. Come on in, Trevor. Grab your microphone. Make sure it's on. Bring, come on in. Actor. There it is. Writer? Producer. Uh, you'd have to ask him. I know him. I know that he acts. We, and he's also, I'm sorry, actor, coach. Mm. Ooh. Actor, coach. Not, not, not a coach. Not an actor's coach. I don't know. You would have to let me know what, how you see well, yourself. Yeah. What do you, how do you define yourself? Well, I like, I like my coaching right now. <laughs> <laughs> That's where you're at? That's it. <laughs> and what, uh, what sports do you coach? I'm coaching. I'm actually an assistant coach to Brian's head coach. No, no, we share the duties. Uh, uh, the NFL no flag. He's an associate coach producer. On, on a, that's the only title I would give him as associate uh, producer coach. So he makes you look good. Isn't that the giveaway title that in in the in the business? Associate, uh, associate producer. producer coach. You're the yeah, associate producer go. coach. Yeah. So it's, that's the flag football. Yeah, yeah. We started coaching a couple years ago. Uh, in the rec leagues, uh, and our kids were just a mess. Most of them had no idea how to play football. Nobody what he does at that age. You got to no, be told. You're right. You're right. But it was. But it was. It was fun. We were horrible, if I'm not mistaken. I kind of remember we were and not that great. Right, yeah. But but it, but the kids weren't it weren't too difficult to to coach. At least they, for the most part, they they listened. But we now we have. We've we we've gotten to the point where we've got some pretty uh, oh, got some pretty good teams. Yeah. We got some pretty good teams. A lot of a lot of talent. And you guys would but, both say that it's your coaching that has gotten you. Absolutely. I and, I, and I'm not even being sarcastic about that. We talk. I well, I don't know if Trevor wants to be as arrogant as me, but absolutely, <laughs> there is a huge. I do think that coaching matters at this level. It may not matter at, no in, the, in the at the highest level because those guys have all they're going to do what they're going to do. But I think at this level, and having watched other coaches. I truly do believe I'm uh, that I I and Trevor included are just are better than the majority of the people we're coaching against because a lot of them don't give a shit either. So, well, that's true. I think that at this, uh, you know, we're talking about ten to twelve year olds, and so uh, you have to find this delicate balance of of um, instruction, um, just technical instruction of the game, but also uh, uh, managing their their delicate psyches. You know, making them not feel like total losers. Exactly, and so and and football is one of those things where you have to you have to do what we tell you to do, or you, <laughs> well, it's not going mean, to work. There's no he, gray area. Great coach, yeah. right? You see how yeah. he did that. You can't just say run down the field and hope the ball comes. No, to this is the pattern you're running. <laughs> yes. follow that and, pattern. You know, at that age, uh, you, you know, all, almost all of them have some kind of uh, uh, attention deficit. deficit. Yeah, that whether but they've been diagnosed or not, you yeah. know. And, and so, uh, and so, kids. in order to have a good time, you say, in order to have a good time, you have to focus. And if you're not going to focus, I'm going to, we're going to, you know, not come down on your heart, but we got to get, we got to snap you back into the, into you, the game. And do you bench kids? Do you bench mm. them? We do it only for really, really bad behavior, but typically no. I no. mean, look, here, here's how sports works. Oh, thank you. No, no, I'm saying, <laughs> but, but here's but this. This is more for all the annoying parents who don't, who never coach and don't seem to really, and are completely disconnected. Who just have a problem with everything you do? They, of course, that's yeah. the easiest parent in the world. Is mm-hmm. that they're so focused as their child, and and honestly, they may think they're doing something that goes to my second line of bitching that I'll get to in a second. Everything that you think as a parent that you're doing for your child because you're so focused as a child is actually probably harming them in one way, shape, or form because you are not teaching them to understand competitive nature and also team sports. And if those, if you isolate your child because you're only out for your child, it will come back to haunt them at some point. But we don't um, we don't really punish kids per se. It's just that, look, 
the way sports work, specifically, you know, using football as an example, if you're not going to do your job, literally do your job, which means if you if you if you're not running your routes properly, you're probably not going to get the ball thrown to you anyway because you're not going to get open. You're not. The, no one's going to throw to you because you don't. They don't know where you are. They don't know what you're doing. Right. So they just move on from you, which so, will make it not fun for you, the player. Yeah. Like if no one's passing to you, no one's looking your direction. You're not involved in the game. If you're not involved, it's not fun. Like that's why even in high school, like yeah, I played li- I played the line, and everyone was like, oh, but don't you want to be a running back? I just want to play. I just want to be involved. Like yeah. just let me get in there. You know what I mean? Well, you know, in the, uh, this is the age where they're transitioning. Most of the kids that are playing now have designs on maybe not playing tackle football, but playing organized sports in yeah, the future. Sure, and they've moved on from the you know total participation. Everyone gets a trophy stage in their life where. Now I'm in really interested in sports and in competition. And I want to win. But they still they had that lingering uh, sense of entitlement that I don't know if we've given them or society, we, we, we get. I, I feel Both. like it. I mean, yeah, it's 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 a it's a toss up. But yeah. And so now what we we have uh, we've our our style is uh, now designed under the umbrella of if this is what you want to do, we're going to give you a taste of what it's going to be like for you, and you're not just going to play because you want to play. You have to put in. Maximum effort, and uh, in the end, also, sorry, but you just have to be good enough. <laughs> turns out, which, turns which, out, and this which is, comes with practice. Which exactly comes with practice, right? And, and we would never, like but we would never punish a child because no, of talent no, level. No, 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 no. But like, you can encourage them to be like, "Look, you're almost there. If you could just work on these skill sets, like your catching or your routes or whatever it is." You could be yeah. a starter, or you could be the back, or you could be in there. You know what I mean? It's like, or you're good enough, but your attitude stinks. Yeah, yeah, and and I think to me, and again, I don't have kids, and I just I'm going back to what it was like to play organized sports, and in general, I feel like making sure that their attitude is in line, meaning like, one, it is at the end of the day, it's just a game. You can yes. go home. You can move on with your life. You don't have to cry about it. You don't have to get. I mean, you can be emotional. You can be passionate. That's part of being an athlete. But like, at the end of the day, it's not gonna. It shouldn't negatively have a huge impact no. on who you are. In fact, I've I've actually said that to the kids beforehand, and I always think, well, you know, is this gonna ruin their attitude? <laughs> right. Maybe like, who cares? <laughs> well, yeah, yeah, yeah. Matter. But I have actually said, you know, remember, this is just a game, and it, in the grand scheme of things, it's not important at all. No. Just have which, fun. what I'm trying to get them to think of, oh, I can just relax and have fun now. Yeah. I don't say that during the practices because you got to work move them bit. along. But yeah. Right before a game, hey, let's play loose. Let's let's have fun. What are we doing here? Because what's the what, what's the one thing too when you look at professional sports like. When the Red Sox finally won the World Series after 86 years, everyone was like, dude, that's just a team of scrubs that loves having a good time. They all get along. Yeah. They're all hanging out, having chicken and whiskey before the games. Like, But they did focus. They did practice hard. They did want to win. They, had all the, they did course. all the things you need to do to get there. And that's the thing when we're trying to explain to kids, which is like, look, you got to put in the time. If you really want something, you have to do it Anything. right and try Anything. to explain to them yeah. why you're doing this stuff. And that and that's the thing. It's like, which is why, as as the uh, the seasons and the years go by with Trevor, I always I always complain to him. I said, what bothers me is the parents eventually get in the way. They start dipping in, whether it's being on the sidelines or yelling on the other side of the of the fence during a baseball game, and coaching mm. their kids in a different direction from what the kids have been being told what to do. It's a team sport, right? And you're, you're taking the, them you out of the team, and you also don't know what what the plan is. 
So don't tell them do this instead. Or you know what? Then go coach your own team, right? Yeah, like that kind go. of thing. Yeah. But uh, uh, my philosophy with kids now that I've had kids is it's it's bigger. And I, and I, I it, it I played a lot of sports growing up, but I never really realized it until I became an adult, and then I started being around kids again. Uh, I always talk about how sport or sports is 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 like life, and there's life lessons that you can take away from sports that you can carry with you because you're not going to play sports forever. That's what I realized very quickly. You're in a zone right now when you're young. You think you will. But you're not. It ends very quickly, well, and it's over. If you so get something see out the, of it. The amount of work that really does go in. Like it's, when I was 14, and I took a 70 mile curveball, and I was like, "Well, we're done here." Well, like, because it's not your thing. That's yeah. that's the my point is it's it's not for most of them. It's not going to be your thing. But you can take away things from this. Yeah. You can learn stuff. You can socialize properly. You can learn how to deal with the with with bad things in life and how Winning, you how losing. To, and yeah, all that's, that's all those other things are are part of it, right? So. I spent a lot of time, you know, talking to kids about the psychological thing. The other thing is that I'm big on, and I always tell the kids, like, look, we're going to assess your value, you know, your, not your value, because that's horrible. <laughs> we're going to assess your talent level. Your There's what you want to do and what you're capable of doing. Right. And our job as adults in the situation is to put kids in the best possible chance to succeed so they don't feel horrible about themselves. Because if they don't feel horrible about themselves, they will get something out of it. They will, they will feel better. The kids around them, as we know, kids can be mean and kids can be, you know, and can isolate each other. If you put them in situations because they and they stink at it all the time, the kids are going to separate themselves from that person. And then that kid feels horrible about themselves. And I had a parent last week in baseball. Their kid is cannot, cannot play a certain position. And they, they cornered me for 10 minutes, 10 minutes telling me that this is what they wanted. And I, I said to that mom, I was like, I go, you know, your son is doing great where I have him. And that makes him feel like he's a part of something. I said, you need to Don't understand if I force him, yeah, if I force <laughs> him into this situation, it is not going to go well. And, and, and you need to understand that I'm aware of these things. These aren't punishments. Not everybody can do what they want to do. And Some I said, people got to play right field. But you know what? In, in, in it's it's not even the, in the right field joke. That's even over because most kids swing late. Right field is actually the best spot yeah, for baseball for the, late left swingers, field's right? Probably. And there are a lot more left-handed, uh, left-sides uh, hitters now. Yeah. Than when I everyone was a righty. So yeah, 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 yeah. I, I, I don't remember anybody. Le- batting and it, my from neighbor the left batted left-handed. I was like, oh my god, you're a yeah, freak. That's like, right. Yeah. And then yeah. you would try to do it. You'd be like, I'm gonna yeah. try batting left-handed. Be like, oh, yeah. this is weird. But I mean, just just to kind of put a to a button on it, that's what drives me nuts. Is why a parent would want to put their kid in a situation where they fail and they don't understand it and an only the, the only thing they're going to take away from baseball because baseball is not going to be their life baseball i mean we should say that playing baseball is not they're going to be their career so why on earth would you leave them with the childhood memories uh, of I've sucking got a simple, ass i've got an right? answer, i've got uh, a simple answer for that that encapsulates the entire thing and it's the problem the major problem that i that i see in parenting is that the parents treat the kids as if the kids are their representatives. Yep. That they are that they are the living embodiment of the parent. And nothing could be further from the truth, as we know <laughs> right. that these kids are individuals. Right? Wouldn't you say? Uh, you yeah, so I, I've got some in the house. I know exactly. Like, so, I see so myself on the mound. It's the mound. same reason why we always, we, we always hear, what do you say? 
before you, before you're uh, uh, when you're given a cookie because God forbid anyone thinks that you're not the, that your kid is the kind of kid that doesn't say please or thank you. But how does that reflect on me? Constantly look reflecting on me, reflecting on me, reflecting on me. And so that's well, I want my kid I, can I play. Be. My kid can play shortstop because I, I should, I'm a shortstop. Want, this yeah, is, yes, that's because me. I want to I want to be looked at. Looked at as the kind of parent whose kid plays shortstop. Right. I have the perfect child. I have the polite child. I have the smart child. I have because if he's not all he or she is not all these things, what does it say about me? It doesn't say anything about you, you moron. Sorry. Yeah. No, no. You, we've said worse. On okay. The show, all right. <laughs> no, but you're but you're dead Watch on. Watch your it, language. I, again, <laughs> you're you're right. It's like it, it is that weird dynamic of like or the classic like I fought for you. Like yeah, but you fought for all the wrong reasons, man. Yeah. Yeah. You're really boning your child. And you just don't you yeah. don't not like you, see it. He has and a p- b- badass fastball, and you're just not putting him on the mound. Some parents eventually see it, and they understand. And then there's just the other ones that just don't get it. They no. don't get it. They're going to force, force, force. And you look at him, and you're going, and I know it's not our place to judge other parents, but we're human. Uh-huh. And you realize, well, you're I like, could, oh, I you are totally. I all day. So, I do. Yeah, yeah but you're, you're aware. I'm talking yeah. about the non-self-aware parents yeah. that we're talking about right now that have no idea that they are, they are, they are creating – Douchebags in society. They're, that that's what they were doing, because your parents aren't going to be there fighting for you all the time. When do you step up and fight for your fucking self? You know what I mean. When do you realize this is what I should be doing instead of what does my mom and dad think I should be doing right now? At what point is that? Meanwhile, the kids ate like I just want ice cream. Oh, you yeah, know, and, exactly. And you, there's uh, that too, right? And there's and there's there's value and there's real uh, there's real strength in realizing your weaknesses and strengths. You know, as I get older, I, I realize, oh, I, have, I can do things certain, really well, and some things I can't do well at all, right. and that's okay. That's who I am. But, you know, but to raise a child to think I should be great at everything, yeah, you and know, you know that just does not do, do them any And, any and you know what you get, all. ultimately? All the pieces of shit right now that, that um, hate their fucking jobs and, and do them horribly and are bad at customer service, they're just bad at everything because they're fucking pissed because they didn't, they think they deserved something that they never earned in the first place. And so you got these, this certain level of workforce that's just completely checked out because they've, and I blame their parents. I really genuinely do. And it's like, some days I feel really bad about being hard on my kids, but I'm just like, if I'm not, if I don't get you to hate me a little bit right now, you're gonna be, you're gonna struggle when you get out there, and I and I will feel horrible about that part. And I'll just say that I feel like that attitude. Like I've been in the world of production long enough now that that kind of person, that kid who's been like told they were so great, is now leaking into what people do on TV shows and movies. Meaning, like some of these people who are getting hired are like, well, no, I want to be an executive producer. Well, guess what? You have to start as a production assistant. Yeah. You have to go get coffee. You yeah. have to make sure that like the walkies are charged. You have to do all the grunt work yeah. before you can become an executive producer. You don't just get handed. And these people are like, well, no, I'm I'm, I'm a, a director. I'm a director. Yeah, I went I'm to... I'm a director. I, went, I, went I did to USC that. And it's like, school. that's great. You know what you should do, though, is pay attention on set <laughs> as a PA... <laughs> Because you're gonna have a couple years of that before you become a director. Like, keep going. I like this. You're almost fifty. Come on, come on, come on keep going. <laughs> I'm keep pitching, dude. I love this. I'm not pitching. I'm just saying, no, no. Like, you are. You are. Come on. Come and, on I, and, I, and I shouldn't join even me. Say it. it's join me like, on the dark side. It's not like I I have dealt with a lot of these people because I haven't worked in a very long time. That's the unfortunate no, part. It of has my life. changed, and we've had we've had people. I think even Justin Moore, way back in the day, was talking about the difference between PAs. Oh, from yeah. When he started to where it is now, there is there is a sense of entitlement. Of like people not willing to do the quote unquote the grunt work instead of appreciating 
the fact that you have an opportunity, make the best of it, work your way up, work your way up, and, and, and be satisfied with how you got there. That's the problem is they don't like the concept of working your way up. They're like, no, no, why, why do I have to do steps two, three, four, and five? Just give me step 10 one, and yeah, get a just, million yeah, dollar check. Where is that? And obviously, Trevor, you know, you work in production. If you, did you, uh, uh, acting only, or did you ever work in production as well? Or like, Never what's what's your production. trajectory as far as uh, this business? Oh, exposure it's just, to yeah, it? Straight just up a, acting. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I, I guess I could, I could, uh, I could guess I could see myself directing something, but I don't have any any designs on it. No real production, no. actual production experience. Yeah. Uh, well, no, I've, I've produced a short. I always, it's so funny, because I, I, I guess I... I downgrade short films for some reason. I don't know why. I've I've acted in some great ones, and I directed one that was uh, I think was quite good. So I shouldn't do that. But so I produced that, and you I should direct. I put, no, I shouldn't. Yeah, right. <laughs> so I shouldn't uh, do that uh, anymore, you guys. Yeah, right. So uh, so yeah, I have had some I've had some taste of uh, behind the scenes. How did you like directing? Well, it was I was uh, yeah I, I was kind of co-directing. I, had some, I was the lead actor in it too, and and so I was really. Mostly about the the performances and and uh, the co the other director was more about the shots and everything so so that was actually a nice gig because yeah. I could really just focus on the thing focus that on you one were thing yeah that I was felt most comfortable yeah, yeah. Uh, I liked it um, but I'm an actor that's yeah that's what I do that's you I mean yeah, I mean it, it's and again it's it, you're very specific about that which means you're yeah. you're fine with that like you're like this oh, is absolutely. what I do like some people are always like they say it and you can kind of hear it a little bit in their voice like. But I also do want to... Well, no, because no. he's a working actor. Yeah. 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 The difference actor. is that like he's making a living at it, yeah. whereas the people you're talking about are like, I am an actor, like me. I'm an actor, but I also have to like make actual money. Well, and there's... I don't see any... There's no, you're not downgrading that, are you? No, I'm okay. just... No, no, no. I'm not downgrading it at all. I'm just saying that there's some... Like, when when he says when he hears that part of the, the I just the way you said it it was like you're yeah yeah this this, this is what is I'm it, doing yeah. and, oh, yeah. and, and, and this, this is yeah. good it's and, not, I, and it's, I'm an actor but I also have to do this in order to make and and again no I'm not shitting on that at all and no I would never because but that's some what people I have need to, to but yeah but yeah. like you said you just picked up on that We're, and you're from Washington correct Spokane State, Washington Spokane Washington oh nice a, a hotbed for people that want to get into acting right that's where it starts right through so your driven right yeah what uh, uh, what was life uh, like in Spokane I got to be honest with you Washington is one of the states. That I I will claim a lot of ignorance to. I don't know much about it. Obviously, mm. hear a little bit about Seattle and Tacoma, mm. yeah. you know. And obviously, we you know we all know about Cooper the grunge Cup scene. From, uh, I think he's from Tacoma is he? or Yakima. Yeah. Um, but what's what is life like growing up in Washington? Because that's a that's classified well, as Pacific I, I, Northwest, you know, right? Yeah, you know, like, as you said, that you know, there's some distinction between uh, Seattle and the rest. Of the, I grew up in Spokane's near the Idaho border. Okay. Um, I grew up in a very very rural. Area. My closest neighbor was, uh, you know, two or three hundred yards away. Surra- I was surrounded by uh, alfalfa fields. Um, so you're like Clark Kent. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yes, yeah, so Clark Kent without any of the any any powers. No, <laughs> but I'm not from Planet Krypton. <laughs> I'm actually from Spokane. Uh, uh, so there was a lot of sports coming back, circling around. Did you play a lot of organized? Yeah. yeah. Well, not organized. This thing we organized ourselves. Gosh, I wish I would have had a flag football. Uh, yeah, but how do you? How, Me, so we, uh, so we just got we just we just went over to each other's house and went in the backyard or went went to a park and threw the football. So around. let me ask that. Okay, so you just described a lot of distance between you and the neighbors. So that's an interesting neighborhood. How well, did you? A lot you, of bicycle. We, you bar, did. We okay, BMX'd so it was everywhere. Okay, you know, riding so around. Like the e- ET. Remember the ET? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so we Goonies. bicycled. We yeah yeah we BMX'd everywhere and. Uh, 
played just played a lot of it was just very very physical we'd played a lot it was uh we had 80 acres of we didn't have acres it was state owned 80 acres of forestry wow uh behind my house and so we'd go out and play guns yeah mm-hmm. yeah you know, that's very a cla- big, yeah. big time gun playing yeah and, and just uh entertaining ourselves in that way and and uh, but yeah a lot of sports and not much exposure to the arts to be honest with you and so uh meaning so the schools didn't really focus on they had no. the, they had the quote unquote the art teacher and it was right. like all and right we're today I we're going to draw a face yeah and i was athletic shut in up. the beginning so i was kind of so I naturally i naturally found myself in more of the sporty yeah circles and so. and which is which is again for you know when i uh, looking back on my life um it was always like you didn't it was there was very little crossover yeah if if any at all like you were either a jock or you oh, were in the yeah. drama department, or you were in the chess club. Do you think but that you still were, exists. I don't. That I don't know now. I just know that when I was growing up, I didn't know a single dude that I played sports with yeah. that crossed over into the arts at all. And I wonder if there's a difference between the metropolises and the the rural areas, also, irrespective of whether it has evolved over the years. Whether just being in a in a smaller town uh, yeah. lends itself to more discrimination in that sense, where you know towns like this. You know, you, hey, you could you'd be a football everything. player and be yeah, in the drop. Yeah. Like I, I, I like to think More that inclusion. like a lot of places in the country have moved past that. Like those kind of dividers or borders have come down, and it's like, yeah, you can be the quarterback and you can be the lead in the school play, or you, you can, can sing and throw a football. Exactly, right. yeah. But but I do wonder if, if the smaller towns, the more rural places, if it's still still like yeah, you can play know. football and then you go play football but but also there's places that like football players are like seem to be born and bred you know they come out of nebraska and they're like animals so it's like okay i guess that's what you guys do is you make football players but I, but i gotta be honest with you it's like i'm you know i'm i'm pretty open-minded about everything at, at this point especially coming from wisconsin but every once in a while my roots yeah. There's a there's a little misfire like we were at, at, at the the games uh, the flag football games this past weekend I ran into a dad that his two boys used to play baseball uh, with my boys and I was like oh what's going on he's like well you know so and so he's still playing a little bit of baseball but uh, yeah my other boy he's in competitive dance now I'm like okay yeah like I couldn't re- quite wrap my head around competitive dancing and like. So we're done yeah. with like we're done with like football, baseball, and he's like, yeah, just he's all about the competitive dance. I'm like, cool. and I'm like, exactly, but like I couldn't yeah. for just one moment. I'm like, I don't, I don't understand it, but it sounds like yeah, okay. Well, I mean, is like it, it is didn't it like, register is he with dance me. fights. Is he like? Well, <laughs> that would have been my stupid answer, right? But but my point was like, I I'm fine. I, I was like, I support it. Like I get it. Like I don't, you know. Where I grew up, people were like, "I'm sorry, what are you, what are you doing? Is he oh, okay? Yeah, is he what's <laughs> is going he, on is here? Is he okay? Well, you yeah. know what I'm saying. Yeah, you yeah, know exactly yeah. what I'm saying, right? Like it was just a different time and a different world. And it's like, but I had that little quick moment where I was like, I don't know how to respond to this. I must reprogram myself. <laughs> and then I was like, Yeah, cool, man. Yeah. That's probably the future anyway. So less concussions yeah. than that. So dude, yeah, right. Yeah, the NFL gonna is going to be a career if if, it, if it, indeed it becomes a career, and a much longer career doing <laughs> that. Well, yeah. it'll also be very healthy. Unless yes. it's full contact well, dancing. So, so Spokane, doing all the sports yeah. and stuff like that, which obviously, you know, makes sense, the, the, the love of sports. Um, but uh, where does, so where did the acting bug come from for well, you? Well, I went to college. Actually, uh, 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 mu- uh, I was also musical, and uh, I learned to play the drums at, at 14. It was Hug I, a Drummer uh, Day. Did your day. parents like or dislike that, and do you have other brothers and sisters? I, uh, I had a sister who died in a car accident. Uh, uh, 
when I was 15. Oh, man. Yeah. Was she older, younger? She was older. She was older. seven years older. Seven years older. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so I learned to play the drums, and um, and I uh, my grades were so bad in high school that the only way I could go to college was on a drumming scholarship. Oh wow! Uh, and uh, I, so, so I got a so I got a jazz. You didn't know that that, that exists a drumming. Yeah, sc- I've yeah, never I got heard a jazz, of a drumming I got a, scholarship. I got a jazz jazz drumming, and uh, so oh, I was like with the hand over. The exactly, yeah. the, yes, right. Wait, the what are you guys talking about? Grip. The traditional, the traditional, yeah, the grips of the drumsticks. So this is actually something. He's not just making stuff up. No, 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 no. Jazz no. drumming is, grip and there's, there's like a different oh. um, form <laughs> form to it. My, the reason why I asked, my brother played drums oh. the whole entire life. And you, if you were in the house, there were times where like, yeah, especially with, with siblings, you're like, oh my God. Yeah, well, yeah. No, no, I don't want to listen to subdivisions again on the drums. Dude. I don't. Because, you know, it's. You, I'm assuming, did you do the headphones thing and listen to music and play? Oh, or yeah. Were you, okay, I yeah. did everything. Oh, I and your parents were very, t- do you have a big house? Cool was it, were, you, yeah. were you isolated with the drums so that they didn't really hear it? Or when oh, you they played? Heard it. Okay, so they you, there it. was I mean, no escaping. Yeah, they any... didn't build them a soundproof cave. No, they did not. <laughs> so, uh, uh. I went to college on this on the scholarship, and while I was there, there were open tryouts for uh, "As You Like It," the Shakespeare play. And I just thought to myself, you know, and just just to go back a second, when I was uh, I don't know eight, nine, ten years old, I would sit and watch movies with my father, uh, and I'd turn to him and I'd say, "Why, why are those actors doing it like that? That's not how human beings." <laughs> <laughs> And so, uh, uh, and what do you to, mean? What do you mean by that? Like, what? Well, no, no, no. I just had a. I just. I've always had a, a sense of the truth. Meaning, you didn't like the. I don't say you didn't it like didn't it, but seem you, like you, you didn't I, I, connect I, I, with someone who was acting out yes, something versus more grounded it, it in reality. Didn't, it didn't exactly. I didn't. I, I didn't recognize real human beings okay. when I would watch, and I would turn. I would be really frustrated. <laughs> and I think, God, I wish you know, if I was uh, doing it. But I didn't think about right, actually right, trying, right. and now I'm going to go throw the ball around. And so finally I saw that, and I said, I'm going to do this. And so there's a little bit of arrogance in the... It kind of Shakespeare, kinda, too. It, is it was like, Shakespeare, too, but I knew. I, you know, I'd seen that, too, and I said, I, I can't stand these. I've been to a couple <laughs> of them, and I can't stand seeing these people do this stuff. So I went and did it, and I got the, the lead. Yeah. And uh, Cold. You went cold. Went from zero to 50. Zero, well, to, zero 50. to Shakespeare. That is like... Crazy, kinda. I mean, yeah, and, and so you realize uh, maybe I got some uh, modicum of talent and for this thing, and and uh, so I kept doing it while I was playing the drums, and uh, by the time I was done, I had done all the, you know, I had done a, the lead and the, the at least uh, four or five of the uh, university plays, and um, so you got the bug and I stayed in. I got the bug, it. and also you know, got the bug, absolutely. And what was your, I mean, you, wait, uh, just going back to As You Like It, that was yeah. your first play. Is that the Shakespeare story, is that the Shakespeare play where uh, there's a, a guy who has to dress as a woman or a woman who dresses? <laughs> there's so many of them, yes. Okay, so, is, yes. But, okay, because <laughs> I, I took a Shakespeare, I yeah. majored in English literature, took a Shakespeare class in college. Name was Rosalind is the name. Yes, the yeah, okay, right. so I'm thinking of the right, uh, that's good. But so, yeah. where, where, did you get like real positive feedback as well? I like, did. Where people are like, man, that's like, yeah. That's some serious good Shakespeare. Yes, I got some. I got extremely. So that's where you're like, oh, maybe I am. Well, it was not only that, but it was also uh, just the the freedom to play, which which is really what has has stuck with me, the entire time. It was actually less about praise. It was less about ovations. It was less about, you know, uh, 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 being lauded. It was more about 
this idea that I can get up here and just fuck off for for an hour and a half, two hours. Yeah. And uh, nothing bad is going to happen. I can really play. So basically, that's what I'm trying. I'm, I always just wanted to play for yeah. a living. Whether it was drums or sports. Sports or, or acting. acting. Or, yeah, yeah. But there, so memorization came easy to you, do you think? Or did you have to work I, at that? I, I think I had to work at it just as much as anyone else. Okay. Uh, but, you know, once you, uh, that's a whole other topic. I mean, once you understand what you're saying, it's, it's a lot easier. Okay. Do you think that, um, I, I, maybe there's no connection whatsoever, but your ability uh, to play music, do you think that that yes. helped? Yes. Okay. In fact, I've always, I've always wanted to, to um, well, I've always fancied myself as a jazz musician who acts, and I've learned more from my heroes. All my heroes are jazz musicians, much more than any actor. Miles Davis, I always wanted to be the Miles Davis of acting, or Thelonious Monk, the freedom that those, those people had to express themselves, uh, uh, the kind of uh, recklessness, uh, the abandon that they have. I've always admired that quality, and I've always tried to bring that quality, and that's the hallmark of jazz, into, into acting. Interesting. Yeah. Do you still play? Yeah, I've got an electronic, I've got a Roland electronic set. Oh, set because you're not allowed to make noise in your own house? Of course. Yeah, I didn't want to make noise in the house. But you can, even if you're in the kitchen downstairs, you can... And the wife's okay with that? Yeah, they're fine with it. And it's got headphones, obviously, and Aiden, that's my son. Does he play music at all? No, he has no interest. There you go. There is an example of an individual. He has no interest in the arts at all. Not yet. How old? Well, but He's eleven. I I tried. My dad was musically inclined. My brother, a couple of my, um, one other brother and uh, two two of my brothers were musically inclined. Everybody else, not really. And I tried. I really genuinely tried. But I I always I I truly believe it's either in you or it's not. And you can you try go. and try and try. And you can you can you can survive for a while. Yeah. But if it's not coming out of you. Yeah. It's just, it's not going to happen. You got you, you're going to move on at some point. Yeah, my you know? parents loved music, but they didn't like, they weren't musical themselves, you know? I think my dad took a banjo lesson Did one time. Did grandfather or anybody else in your family I don't have think any musical? So, man, but my mom was like, hey, do you guys want to take guitar lessons when we were young? And I was like, yeah, guitar is awesome. And then that was it. I just started playing the guitar. And like when I tried to quit, she encouraged me to keep going and That's like good. bought me an electric guitar and like was like, hey, we can, you know, you can actually get better at this. And my dad was always. My, both my parents loved it that me and my brother played guitar. They loved it. There was never any... When I'd get in trouble and like for drinking or whatever and I was grounded, I would bring my friend's drum set over to my house, put it in my... Because I couldn't go anywhere, so i go, well, I'm bringing my band over. And my mom would be like, yeah, I don't care. That's great. Fine. Well, I, I'd rather you play here. Which, which goes back to my, my thing, and it says a lot about my parents and also says about your parents. I mean, the fact that you have to... The drums, you got to tolerate a lot of noise in oh, the house. Absolutely. Kids are already noisy, right? Not Especially noisy, boys. The, re- but the repetition. Yeah. yeah. Just so the practice, too. Just that good. alone... The tolerance and acceptance Absolutely. and encouragement thereof. I mean, obviously now, you know, you know, I'm sure I'm, maybe you guys, maybe you and your parents have never talked about it, but there is kind of that thing of like, oh, wow, you guys put up with a lot of yeah. noise in order for me to accomplish certain yeah. things. And, and you, they do. I mean, yeah. like, ultimately, no if you look around my house, there ain't no musician. There's no instruments here. And I, and I feel bad. I don't even think we ever really tried to push it at all. I think at one point I, I was like, Do, should we get a drum set? And then immediately I was like, what am I what am I saying out loud? Or a piano what or am a I? Yeah. Piano is fine. Piano is fine. You get an elect, you get an electro, uh, electronic uh, piano or something like that. You can put the headphones on. And once you learn piano, you can kind of understand music a little bit better. If if I was to do one thing, turn back the clock a little bit with my kids, 
piano and 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 learn Spanish immediately. I want yep. them to thrive in this world. Piano, anytime you can walk up to a piano and start playing it, you have won the room. Well, you, the, you, can, you can make an argument that if you're if you're not exposed to the arts in some way, that your your education is incomplete. Because we, we because nowadays it's so neck up everything that we do. It's you know in school and the arts are going. The arts are becoming less funded, less emphasized. I actually believe that if you're not even forcing, at some point we're going to force uh, Aiden to uh, learn an instrument uh, because, or at least try. Yeah. Because it's because it's part of being a, a fully formed human being. I think. Yeah, yeah. I actually. That's fair. I also think that one of the things that we're that that and I'm I'm surprised they haven't figured this out yet is just music appreciation. Exposing yep. children to music at a younger age, having it be a part of the curriculum. Fine. If you don't want to teach them instruments, if you think that's too too expensive or too time consuming or too frustrating or whatever, but to be able to hold a class where you literally just walk in and you go, This is so and so the artist, and this is why they do what they do, and you're gonna sit here and you're going to listen to this. Okay. You're not just gonna listen to a you know, Radio Disney or Bubblegum Pop. Right. Not um, Again, whatever. People have every right to love and listen to whatever they want, but they should be exposed to the history of mu- music because I do I do believe that when it flows through you, there is something. In, I think it's part of us. I think it's part of all of us. And anybody who is not exposed to music, I always Dude. feel kind of bad for them. Dude, have don't. you ever met someone who says, I don't listen to music? Those people are out of their minds. (laughs) Like, they're like, I just listen to talk radio. I don't really listen to music. I've heard people say that. I'm like, I'm sorry. That's like the basis of being a serial killer. What do you mean you don't (laughs) listen to music? Like, I don't even care if you're like, I only like Taylor Swift. Like, you gotta like some music. Like, what do you mean you don't listen to music? Well, but let's be careful about the the serial killer of music because there was the greatest movie of all time with Christian Bale in it talking about music oh. uh, while he's murdering people. So I mean, they're, they're American they're, Psycho. American when he's Psycho. talking about Huey Lewis and Whitney Houston, <laughs> dude, those are the best. If you've read that book, those are some of the best chapters in that book. Him breaking down Huey Lewis and the new <laughs> sports. He's like, this is one of the greatest albums of. All. I mean, he goes into it. It is really funny, and also. Huey Lewis, what's that guy, like 65, almost 70 years old? Still rocking county fairs. They actually write new music still. Oh, really? Nobody wants to hear it, but the they news. write it. Well, they get every year, I think, they sing at least one national anthem in San Francisco. Right? Oh, dude, that, they're, they're beloved that's kind of their, Yeah, that's kind of their thing, right? Their go-to, like, you know, you need a little exposure. If there's ever, whether it's, you know, if, 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 if there's ever, like, a playoff game or anything in that area, it's like, ladies and gentlemen, Huey Lewis Dude, and or the Steve, News. Or Steve Perry. Or Steve, Steve Perry or the Grateful Dead. Steve Perry's still doing stuff? Yeah, he loves, he loves San Francisco. That's why it was so weird but I when... But I thought he, he kind of just disappeared off the face of the earth for a while, didn't he? Kind of, like, uh, give up on everything? Well, no, he's he, still around, but Journey's touring without him. They're, they're yeah, not, they're yeah. Not, like, well, that's they, been that's been going on for a forever. Long time, the right? karaoke guy is killing it. Yeah, the karaoke guy is killing it. That's a great. One quote. of my biggest regrets is not to is uh, when I had when I actually obeyed my parents. I was trying to drive from Illinois to Oregon to see the Grateful Dead play in uh, the Portland Meadows, and they had Huey Lewis and the News opening up, and I was like, "Yeah, I'm gonna go with Jason and Teddy, and we're gonna drive." And my dad's like. You're gonna drive where? <laughs> You're not drive. That's a 48-hour drive. <laughs> what are you talking about? I was like, ah, no. I looked on a map, but it'll only take like 30 hours. He's like, "You're not driving to fucking Oregon." And I was like, <laughs> "And what I should have done was just gone and then called from the road and be like, I'll be back in a couple days.' And then taking my punishment when I got home. But like, I didn't. I listened, and my friends were like, first of all, they almost got in like 90 car accidents, and then they were like, 
It was uh, the tape of the show is pretty good. Like Bob Weir's equipment goes out. Jerry has to play an extended solo. Huey Lewis comes out for Good Morning Little Schoolgirl. Like it was a big. It was a big. You did, you, that would could have been your Detroit Rock City, and you didn't get it, huh? I didn't get it, but I saw twenty four other great right, people did show. I wasn't so, wondering. so you finish college, yeah, and you're thinking uh, this this acting is the career now, like, yeah. or are you still the music guy? And you're like, I'm going to be a music guy. Know, like, what I, were you? I thought I was going to do both. You did, okay. Yeah. So, Why what did you do? You? You're where did well, you go to school, a, by the way? A Whitworth. Uh, was then then Whitworth College and I was Whitworth University. It's a very small liberal arts school in Spokane. In Spokane, okay. Yeah. So you were still stayed close to home at this point. So I you was, had, yeah. And you had, were you a big traveler before that? Did you no. go anywhere, do anything, spring break, no. and do anything? No, nothing. I didn't do anything. So you were one hundred percent all Washington life, all time. Okay, yeah. okay. All right, Clark Kent. So then yeah. what happens? Well, <clears throat> um, the film Benny and June. Comes to town. Do you remember that film? Yep. Yeah, I do. 1993. Exactly. Okay, there we go. Over there, right and, here. I graduated uh, high school. Uh, uh, one of the best uh, casting directors in town, named Rick Montgomery, was uh, casting it. Not okay. in Spokane, in, in L.A. Currently, uh, came up. Uh, uh, oh, okay. Cast. I was like the best casting no, no, director no, no, in Spokane. Yeah, no, yeah, I was no. like, wait a minute. You didn't say there was no, any in this okay. town okay. in Los Angeles. Okay. <laughs> he was up there, and uh, um, I went and, and uh, auditioned for him for a very small role, and he said, "Wow, you're terrific, and you could also." Uh, B, uh, Aiden Quinn stand-in. If we give you some hair dye, uh, uh, darken your hair, uh, we can you can be on this gig, you know. Um, so I did that, and I got that gig. Were you you had the stand-in and the small role? No, I didn't get no, I didn't get the small role. Oh, sorry. Okay. Um, but were you so? But were you bright-eyed and bushy-tailed at this point? Oh like, yeah, this is I'd never cool. been on, on a film a, set. So you were like, I had no idea. Uh, what care like, what it was. snacks. No, what? I didn't know about it. I never. Th- I thought that when I would see movies, I thought oh, that's for other people. Yeah, I, I'm. You know, I'm gonna go. I had uh, plans to go to New York City. Oh, for, okay. You're gonna be a theater. Yes. yes. Okay. Okay. So uh, I, I I get this uh, stand-in job, and man, it's like going to film school. I don't know if either of you have ever been a stand-in, but uh, it's terrific. Well, you chose to make it like going to film school. You absorbed everything I absorbed you could see. Everything. There are some people that do because, not do that. but No, you you, yeah. you really, you really, because you get to watch the rehearsals. Yeah. You get to be there as they're lighting to understand what some of the Listen to nomenclature of the, of the yeah. DPs. You know, I was by the time I was done, I was I was guessing uh, light meter readings. I was guessing I was guessing <laughs> f stops. Yeah. And I was getting and I was getting good at it. Yeah. Yeah. And. Um, <laughs> Uh, and blocking and uh, and the difference between because you'd also get to if you if you situated yourself properly you could be behind Video Village and watch how the difference between the rehearsal and uh, the performances and and uh, so it was just a great learning experience and it just it also seemed at that time it seemed glamorous. Well, that would have been a pretty bit of decent Johnny budget. Johnny Depp was in it. Johnny, it was a, you know, Johnny was Depp a huge, was a movie star. Was there? Yeah. say so? It should have been a fairly decent budget size thing. So it was oh, a fairly yeah. big budget. For film. then it was. For yeah, then, yeah, yeah, it, it was, was a huge movie was, too. I mean, it, theatrical release yeah. nationwide. I mean, people, oh yeah, it's, it's a huge movie. Yeah, and for it to be there in, in in Spokane, so everyone else thought it was glamorous too. So sure. there was always crowds around, and that always that gives you that energy and all that. And so uh, it was a blast. And I just thought this sounds, this seems fun. Just this whole culture of the, of being on a set. Especially the, the big gigs like this, you know, so uh, so I, uh, and Rick had said, "Hey, listen, I think you're really talented. You you come down uh, to L.A. and I'll you know help you out any way I can." Still in college at this Still point, or you're out of college? Yeah. Okay, all right. Yeah, and then I came down and I had some nice tape. What did you tape. after college? After college, after I went college. down to Los Angeles, and okay. I, and and that's how it all started. And I I started gigging. 
pretty quick. So, so this is always my favorite thing. So, okay, so here's the Spokane, Washington kids. Like, I'm going to Hollywood. So you had to have the speech with the family, right? Like, you, you've basically lived your whole entire life yeah. one thing. And what I've always liked about, there, at least my experience was that when you leave a, 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 a Midwestern town or a smaller city or whatever, and you're like, I'm out, everyone's always like, okay. Did you get the, like, be careful out there, kid? Or, like, are you sure you want to do this? You'll this be is... back. Yeah, or you'll be back. Or, like, no, or were people, got... like, how, how were, you, were your parents very, very supportive? Like, go, go, fly was, away. Like, yeah, run with the, this. They were, they were just, um, they just let it happen the way it was. They didn't give me much advice either way. Like, what are you going to do if you fail? What if you do succeed? You're going to fail. You're going to, just, okay, uh, you're going to need furniture. <laughs> You're you like, know, you're check. Be, it, was very, it was very practical. Where before. did you move to? I moved to Westwood. Okay, yeah. interesting. Why? Just out of curiosity, how did you? How did you go about the process? Did you know somebody here, or did you go blind? I went blind. You went Except blind. Except for Rick, he was the only. The only uh, but he wasn't your you know, friend. He, wasn't he a was friend. a no. no he, he was, was a guy a, who like no, he could easily blow smoke up yeah, your ass. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So, uh, uh, so I came down. Yeah, I came down cold. And I, you know, I've always had a lot of self confidence, so I thought I could. I thought I could do it even at that age. Okay, so uh, is this the 90s? 90s, yeah, 93. Okay, 93. All right, so you just pulled up and didn't have a place to live? Did no, you I, try- I came down, I, t- I took one trip down. You did, okay. Before, and I, and I then, you know, you'd have to look in the West in Side the Rentals, right? Yeah. West Side Rentals, and there was a guest house uh, in Westwood on Levering Avenue, and um, it was a tiny place, not much bigger than this room. And... Uh, yeah, I got that. I think it was five hundred seventy-five. Oh my Does that god! Sound incredible. Oh. Back then, it seemed. Oh man. I'm oh shit. How am I gonna afford this? How am I gonna afford this? And w- of course, Westwood. You can't get any better for you walking around and for for someone that age. You know. Uh, you went to great. the Westwood Bruco. Yeah, man. I went all the. I went everywhere down there. So so okay. So you get here. Yeah. Now, let me ask you a question because this happens to a lot of people when they first get here. It's not, I mean, I, I know you fairly well now. I know yeah. you fairly well. You're very, you know, business. You know, you're, you're driven. You've you got goals and plans. Yeah. Did you back then as well? Or did you, did it become a little bit of a vacation for a short period of time when you first got out here? Did you find yourself just like, yeah, L.A., baby, got my own place. Got, I'm living near the ocean. Westwood is a minute. Like, did you, did you find yourself just living more of a vacation lifestyle? No. Or did you hit the ground running? I and hit really, the ground running. Okay. Yeah, and 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 you did that. How was it hitting the ground running? Was it? Did you hit? Was it more pitfalls it. than I success? Know, there or? Was, well, there's pitfalls. There's pitfalls. Uh, no matter who you are, because you're just simply not going to book as many gigs as you auditioned for. You know, you're how long did it take you? How much? How how was it for you? It was. I I I was very fortunate at the beginning. I started. Jobbing pretty quick. When, I define did, uh, jobbing when you say jobs. Like what kind of jobs? Well, are you I did the first gig I did was a uh, higher learning, the John Singleton film. Oh man, okay. That was I a was a skinhead. Movie. You were a skinhead skin in that movie. Yeah. Oh. Now, when you say jobs, this is not background. This is actual. No, like is you, actual, you're you were hired to hired to, oh, to, to lines and everything. Movie. You know, the j- a job that you show up for the for the read through at yeah. uh, you know at the studio okay. Cole Hauser and Cole yeah uh, and then uh, the guy who played Latimer in the program was the big oh. Nazi the, oh yeah yes exactly that guy's not doing so hot anymore but oh. yeah I don't know oh really yeah so it was a great job uh, 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 again kind of um, how did they pay back then pardon me how did they pay back then 
those types of gigs back oh, then. Well, it was, uh, that was a scale 10 thing. I don't remember what scale 10 back then was. But it was just, has, has, uh, the reason why I asked that is, has scale seemingly gone down with the cost of living? Like back then, did it oh, feel God. like you were actually never, making money, or do you always it. feel struggling? Oh, I think you always You still feel, feel like you're struggling? Still struggling. Okay. Yeah, I mean, it's, and back then, you, you, I guess it's not much has changed, but you're struggling until you book some kind of series or something like that's a regular thing, or you become a... And you had a grasp on the business. I'm assuming, like you understood, like, hey man, like one gig is not going to change my life. I got to oh, keep yeah. going, right? Like, you didn't, oh, you didn't have absolutely. that weird, like, like some people go, like, well, this is it. I got this gig. So obviously, I'm assuming I'm in, and no. everyone just starts when calling I, me. No, or? by then I'd already no. By then I'd already I'd already walked into to uh, casting rooms and blown the doors off of uh, of the audition and not gotten anything, and then uh, uh, done it over and over and over again, and realized, okay. So this is not just gonna be handed to me. No so matter it how sounds like it didn't burn skilled. you. Did it ever? Did it ever? Like were you ever like I, I got to What am I doing? No. Okay, that's no, interesting. No, I knew so this you... is what I. I knew it. Okay. And I, I know, I've always known, and I tell people nowadays. I say, you know, I know I'm doing the right thing because it's a really stupid idea. <laughs> yeah, and you don't. And, you and don't I'm have not any, stupid. And you're not trying to give it up. <laughs> yeah. See what I'm saying? Yeah. If you're continuing to do it, and you know this is really dumb. Yeah. The idea that I this is this is how I'm going to sustain my life. This is this is my job and now. You, and you're not insane. You can check in. Am I insane? No, I don't think I'm insane. And I'm <laughs> going to continue to do it. Then you must be doing the right thing. Yeah. And that's how I've looked at it. That's a great way to look yeah. at it. And that's how you should look at anything. You know what I mean? If like you're doing something and you might not feel like you're you're killing it or you're that successful, you got to work at it. But like, if you keep thinking, checking in with yourself, and be like, oh yeah, this is what I want to do. Like, that must be it. Well, and the and the the thing is, most people have that. Thought the first thought. This is a dumb idea. I better get out. Yeah, and that's too bad. I think. This is random, but did they make you actually shave your head for that, or did you have wear oh, yeah, a bald no, cap? I shaved, you I shaved. Shaved. Oh, man, Did they brilliant. ask? Did they give it. you an option, or you just? Oh no, you had. You yeah. had to. Yeah, that's part of the deal. You're skinhead. Yeah. I mean, I think I guess some skinheads have a little bit of. No, I but think, I mean, I they think, they weren't like we could give you a bald really cap. They were like, we're, we're gonna. You have to be authentic looking. Oh yeah, and it was great. Did you get any fake tattoos? No, I didn't get any tattoos. We were we were pretty much uh, covered. covered. Yeah. yeah, there was some guys. The other guys had some real tattoos, I think. But uh, yeah, it was a, it was a great gig. And then and uh, and then I did uh, Crimson Tide shortly after that. Wow, wow! So Crimson I, Tide yeah, was. I was, uh, uh, I was doing okay, man. You know, it just and it required and there, you'd have some doldrums, of course. You, I've gone. And there was one period when I went a year without. A, Gig and what do you do during that time? Like, what do you like? How do you how do you how do you keep your heads heads straight when you go through a, a whole year mm-hmm. and you're not no one's no one's biting? Like, how do you tell yourself? I mean, I get it. You're you're like this. I I know this is. I'm not giving up. But that's all. But there's there's got to be still some internal battles from time to time, right? Because oh, obviously the bank account is shrinking, yeah, right? Absolutely. Well, that's a big thing. Like you said, you got to come up with. So I, I was a uh, I because I was uh, an athlete, you know, I had injuries in, in in high school from football, and so I I did a lot of physical therapy, and I was always fascinated by the human body and the, and the mechanics of it, and so I became a trainer, as so many you, actors do, okay, personal trainer. But I had a genuine interest in it. I wasn't just a guy who was trying. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'll help you lose a couple. I was really fascinated. I studied it. I studied. Oh, okay. It. I got all the the you know joint structure and function books and all that wow. stuff. And I was really and so it became a a bit of a passion. And so I was able to do something. I, that's what, one thing that I knew I had to find was something that I, that I really enjoyed if I wasn't going to be working as an actor in those okay. times. I mean, something that I'm really, my interest is peaked. So 
I did that. I did a couple of uh, waiter jobs and all that. I was terrible at that, so I got out of that. But uh, yeah, so uh, that's how you survive. And I also, like I said, I had confidence. Did you? Uh, yeah, uh, you knew you'd get booked eventually. Yeah, I knew I'd get. I knew I would get booked eventually. Did it, uh, you know one thing? I I never did. I've been there eighteen years. Never went surfing. Did you ever do that? Did no, you ever? I you never. You never did it either. No, I don't like the ocean very much at all. So you really? No, I'm did, a lake. I, you know, I'm a land lover, man. I, I like lakes. Are I, I don't think the ocean is beautiful. First of all, I don't get why people think. I think beaches can be beautiful. Yeah. Like the Oregon coastline. Okay. Is unreal, but the ocean is just a. Flat. <laughs> what, I don't understand. It's the where water meets the dirt. Ocean. I've never. I, I don't understand the fast. Why, oh, it's so. No, it isn't. It's not beautiful at all. <laughs> Turn around, the opposite direction. Yeah, that's beautiful. Those lands. Well, some areas. Yeah, all right. Yeah, some areas. Yeah. <laughs> Jersey. Yeah. So I didn't care about. Uh, I didn't care about. Uh, I don't like salt water. Okay. Also, I don't know if anyone's aware. Uh, sharks live in the ocean. Oh yes. Good. Wait a minute. Sharks are in there. Oh, okay. So um. F- friendships, like w- when you were out here, did you like? And do you still t- hang out with people or communicate with people that you met None back in the them, day? Except for Rick, still friends. Really, still really? Friend. so you st- really so, so that was legitimate. That was more like you know a lot of people say, no, "Hey man, a, when you're in town, check me Rick, out." And then Rick they're like, is "One of these Rick is Rick Montgomery is one of these rare individuals in the town that's not a bullshitter at all. Okay. He cannot. He, he has no time for bullshit. Okay." And so the only reason he was, because he, he was genuinely thought, he genuinely thought, you can, you got a shot at this, you know. And then, and then we just uh, became friends because he's a good guy, and he guess he thinks I'm a good guy. And so we became friends beyond, but it was always, the, it was always this, well, we got a friendship, and then we got the business over here, too. And, he, and uh, to this day, he's been a bit of a mentor as far as, not a bit of a, an actual mentor in the business for me. And he's one of the, one of the he was one of the grounding uh, elements in the life, as you say, you know, when when I had the the year, mm-hmm. he said, "Listen, you can't take any of this personally." Yeah, he'd always say that because he was a casting director. So he had a, he had a, a an interesting perspective about auditions, of course, from mm-hmm. the other side. He said, I, you know, I don't. He said this. He said this to me multiple times. I don't always cast the best actor, you know. In fact, it's it's uh, it's pretty rare, you know. Uh, I'd like to, but my job is to bring the best, and then they choose. They choose. He doesn't. He actually, casting directors don't. Uh, a lot of people say, "Oh, well, no wonder you book jobs because your friend is a casting director." No, they can no. get you in the door. They but don't that's have the final casting say. Casting directors don't actually cast anyone. Yeah, they bring. You know they I mean? bring the. They they narrow the search down. They narrow the search. And they they take bring it to the directors and the producers, and the the really good ones bring the most interesting ones to the director, and the director makes it pro, or producers make. And and f- something that I've always uh, or I've learned in the, or been told recently is that like a lot of people are like oh the casting director doesn't like me or this casting director. all casting directors want you to book it like it's like yeah it'd be great if you could book it like yeah. none of them are against you as an actor I mean it's also a numbers game right at the end of the oh, day it is oh absolutely no question this is not this is not un- unfortunately this business is not a meritocracy. You know, and uh, uh, it requires you being in the room enough times for you to be right f- for the role. Yeah. And not stink. And, and, and uh, um, <laughs> yeah, the business is such that, yeah, all you really have to be to work is, well, first of all, you have to be right for it. No one acts their way into a job anymore. You know, you can't be, no one, no producers or directors are saying, oh, well, 
he's not he or she's not right for this role at all. But they're such a wonderful actor. We're gonna give him that doesn't happen. Right. You have to be right for it. And then if you're really good, wow, even better. No doubt we're gonna. You know, but so to your to your question, yes, it is a numbers. It's a numbers. If you get in enough times and you're not horrible, yeah, you might be absolutely right for something and be able to do the job. The key is to be prepared for every audition as much as you yeah. can because you just never really know. You never know. Did you do uh, acting classes and all that kind of stuff when you first came? Yeah. Up? <laughs> Why do you say that? I I was I'm always. I never did any of that kind of stuff. I w- I think I was joking with somebody the other day about like I learned very quickly in a very short period of time that I did um, uh, commercial acting. I'm like, what a what a setup this is. Like, you get an agent, and the agent's like, what, you need new headshots. It's always you need new headshots. I'm like, wait a minute. Everyone's getting kickbacks here. This is not about, this is not about enhancing anything here. This is about how Making much money, money can we soak out of these people because the majority of it, again, going back to the numbers game, mm-hmm. the majority of us are also going to fail at this. And many and, and they know the numbers. How many people move out every year, just give up and go right. back to wherever they came from? So I'm curious, like, from I don't talk to a lot of people about uh, acting classes and all that kind yeah. of stuff and how that is seen, but I'm just curious what your I experience did. was. I went to uh, one of the, I'm not going to say the person's name because uh, looking back, I've, I feel it was really fraudulent. Okay. But this person was one of the big casting, or uh, sorry, uh, uh, acting coaches back then. Okay. Big, yeah. Uh, and uh, I took that person's classes, and it was just bullshit. bullshit. When you say that, meaning that, like, you realize quickly there was no substance to what they there were talking was no, about? It was, it was the equivalent of seven-minute abs or something like that. Yeah. And this person had <laughs> you the, literally you know, were the doing steps ab work? to act great acting. Literally had the steps, had steps. <laughs> Physical? Yeah, right. <laughs> Uh, is uh, this person based on Barry now, the TV show Barry on uh, HBO? Oh, I don't know. I haven't seen <laughs> that yet. It might be. The Henry Winkler character. Yeah, it <laughs> might be. But, uh, oh, it was just, it was absolute fraud. And uh, um, and so it actually, I had to forget all that stuff. Okay. I actually had to forget yeah, it. Yeah, you'll put it in your brain and then you're like, this is not helping yeah, me Yeah, now I realize, now, but it took hindering. me till now to realize it was bullshit. But, so I, back then I thought, well, my, my agents said, oh, you should go to this person. Because they're the, we, big. Because they're the psh, up here. But what does that actually mean in the big picture? Like, okay, you go to this person. That person doesn't, they're not tied into the system that guarantees you any love. You know what I mean? There always seems to oh, be no, this, like, because, well, it's if you know because they, they ha- they, Usually it's because they, they have coached somebody famous, and that's it. Yeah. But that, but that doesn't guarantee you anything. No, of course not. But you know what I'm saying? But we get this caught up in our head with all these things. If you go to this photographer, or if you get this yeah. agent, or if you get this coach... It's it, we we trick ourselves into believing that there's there's some tie, there's some connection, that there's some switch that's yeah. going to put you into the stream. But that's not, and I'm not saying you that all of them are horrible or you shouldn't do any of them. I just think that like in hindsight you realize that there's no there's no magic wand, no, there's no. no magic tool that puts you in the stream. Well, and, guarantees and I understand success. the dilemma of the agent telling you because what else are they going to say? Because there's so many of them. Well, go to choose one you like. Well, you want my advice? All I know is this person yeah. Yeah, has coach coached this, this person. Oscar-winning actor. Yes, so. and yeah. they, every, you know, in every, uh, every Oscar award season, they, the, the, they analyze this person and two others analyze all the performances in the, in the L.A. Times, you know, so they're famous. And so that's what, but you're absolutely right at the same time. There is no magic yeah. bullet or anything like that. No. Absolutely. And, and uh, so my, <laughs> my advice to young actors now is stay out of class, 
Interesting. Yes. Well, how would you become a better actor? By acting. acting. By going and doing it. Doing it. Just well, keep doing it. Save your money. Save your money. But if you're gonna, if you have the money to spend an acting class, go buy a camera. Shoot it yourself. Shoot it yourself. Buy, uh, spend the money on really great audio equipment. I don't care about how quality of the camera, but audio is everything. Get some audio equipment and some screenwriting software. Go, go get fade in or something and start writing and directing and acting and producing your own stuff. And not only will you become a better actor that way, but you have a better chance of making it, in, just as good a chance of making it in the business as auditioning, if not better. Yeah. Uh, there's only one guy I know right now who's teaching anything worth hearing. His name's Dan Gauthier. He happens to be a friend of mine. But he's also, I would, and I, w- I wouldn't tell, if there's any actors listening to this, I wouldn't talk about him uh, if it wasn't the real stuff. He's actually down at Palm Springs, and he's actually teaching the r- real stuff. I mean, he's a wonderful actor in his own right, and he's been working for decades, and he thought, oh, I'm so sick of hearing about these, these coaches teaching this and that and this and that. And, and I would say, gosh, why, in our friendship, I'd say, when is somebody going to tell the truth about what this is really all about, this art form, and what really great, what the masters are actually doing. And he's actually doing it. So there's only, that's why I say stay out of class and, uh, or go see him. But, um, yeah, uh, um, I think it's, you're better served producing and writing your own stuff. So, which is great uh, advice, obviously, for now, because it's more accessible. Going back to when you were out here in the 90s, you obviously also said you were still a musician and stuff like that, and you had also talked about possibly going and doing work, theater work in New York. Did you do any of that yeah, stuff? Yeah, I did. I went did you to New pass York any of your time right, here yeah, I, with I theater? I lived eight years here in L.A. and then moved to New York after I got married. Uh, my wife is Swedish, and so uh, she's always wanted to live in, in the most European city, in America, which is New York, so not we, LA. And I both, <laughs> yeah, we both were curious uh, about New York, and so we moved to New York, and I and I did uh, started to do off, off, off stuff right away. I never did even off uh, or so know, no theater or, out here, no in, theater in Los right Angeles, here. none. Uh-uh. Okay, no. and uh, what was that like to do theater? In the, it was yeah, great. It was. Oh, it was fantastic. It felt you just felt like a, <laughs> you know, you felt like an artist. And is there money in that though? When no, you said, of oh, course. <laughs> Yeah, I feel like theater in New York, when you're starting out, there's like stand-up comedy in Los Angeles. Yes. Just absolutely, like if you're trying to pay your rent with theater, don't. Oh, you, it, you can't even gonna... pay your rent with theater if, yeah, I think even on the west end of London. I mean, I've heard, uh, <laughs> I've heard Mark Rylance uh, talk about how most of his friends are, are dirt poor. Yeah. And the friends he works with at the Royal Shakespeare Company. Right. And you're talking about the RSC, you know, so it's, you, it. He's one of the few guys in the world who make a living in the theater. You know? so well, it's hard to and also, by the way, Trevor, I mean, maybe I'm a little bit off base here, but last I checked, New York is not a cheap place to live. So oh just out gosh. of curiosity, how did you hence make your... why I'm here in L.A. Back in L.A. <laughs> back in L.A. <laughs> I went to another expensive and city. you thought you know? the rent was crazy yeah. here. <laughs> so how so long were you in New York, and what I did you do to, uh, to pay the rent? Well, the big thing I did to pay the rent was be on a soap opera. Ooh, is that where majority, a majority of them done in... New York or not? Well, back there then. was uh, back then. There was I think there was split fifty fifty. I think there were maybe five there and four here, or five there. And, and this four. is when this I started on uh, the soap uh, 
in 2003. I moved in 2001. I moved okay. actually September 4th, 2001, if you can believe that. Whoa. One week we're going to get back to that right. in just Whoa. a second. So, all right. So, you, so you, you, you were on a, what soap and one life to live. One life to live. Okay. And they shot that. That was in New York. I shot it. We shot it in New York. Yeah. So long, your side uh, hustle West side. for you doing theater was acting was on TV. Absolutely. That's pretty impressive. <laughs> that's that's not normal. Well, I guess, yeah, I, I guess not. And what's yeah. your take on so? I've talked to other soap opera actors, and there's this like almost apologetic tone to them. And they oh, say yeah. the money's great, and they apologize for being on it, which I don't care. Well, because of the stigma. My, right. The but, stigma was such that. Uh, that and what you, is the stigma? Just so. The stigma, it, is, the stigma is that if you're on a soap opera, you n- must not be very good. Why? And of course, nothing. Because most of the acting isn't very good. Okay. On it. And we can go, and I can, I can go into great detail about why. But I, uh, uh, but, the, the, but it doesn't mean. Here's the caveat: it doesn't mean that the actors themselves aren't any good. What they're being asked to do might is not shit. Be I've yeah. heard that the amount of t- the amount of um, pages, it's just the way it's done, right? Oh it's yeah. I mean, I, right? one day I had the 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 most I had in one day was 83 pages. I had shot in one day. What? I'm not shitting. How do you 83 so pages in one day? Pages. For anybody who doesn't know, they shoot like a half a page. <laughs> A day for a yeah, movie. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh-huh. So how do you? So that's a different. So okay. So just out of curiosity, so you get this gig, right? Yeah. Um, I'm assuming that the tryout isn't how many pages you can memorize in one day, right? No, it's a three or four page thing. Like okay, any, like anything else. Anything else, right? And you, so you get this gig. Are you like? Did you know? Beforehand, that you were about to get hammered over the head with like a I, lot of. I had a feeling that there was going to be a lot. The workload was going to be, but I uh, it was going to be great. But I, I had this romantic notion that I was going to change that kind of culture. That I was going to do something so extraordinary. I was not going to fit in to this. The jazz in you came out exactly, and and it, indeed it did. <laughs> I don't uh, know if it this came is a true. G- it came true in the, but not in the way that I. That I had hoped. Yeah. What does that mean? Well, it was pretty much rejected out of oh, hand. Oh, it was. Okay. It was my approach to this stuff was rejected by the powers that be. By stay by, to the, stay the course. They were like, "Do it this way. Do it this or way, or don't and do I said, it." No, I don't think so. Uh, and uh, it was not met with uh, with great with uh, high fives. Yes, <laughs> um, and that was that way. It was pretty much that way for the entire. How long? How long I was, was there the run? For six and a half, six and a half, Whoa. seven years. Okay, so okay, so, so two thousand. Did you get that right away upon moving? No, in? no, I got that about two years in. Okay, yeah, but it was, uh, yeah, it it, it was not um, it was not well received. I uh, uh, except by the audience. Uh, so okay, so that so that was gonna be my next <laughs> question. Obviously, I don't I don't watch soap operas. Um, I did watch. I, I watched all my children. I watched all my children when I was a kid. Yeah, when you're a kid. Yes. Why is yeah, that? Yeah. Why did I, Why did I watch all my children when I was a kid? Your mom watched it. Did you older sisters? Is that why? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. All right. And Erica Kane was like a weird, crazy figure of like evil. Like yeah. she was like this evil woman. I will say, because it just goes to my next question, which is, I was funny. So I was walking around. Um, we live on the uh, Hollywood adjacent here, so I was I was at a outdoor mall thing, and I remember walking past a restaurant, and I stopped dead in my tracks. Because Erica Kane was eating right on the other Susan side Lucci. of the wall. Susan sure. Lucci. And I was like, holy shit. It's, I mean, I, I know she's obviously one of the most famous, you know, especially for our generation, one of the most famous, you know, yeah. soap opera actors ever. But I, even me, I was like, huh, 
You know, I mean, you, 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 I'm, again, I'm not jaded. Oh, yeah. I try to never be jaded for what we do and what we're around. But that was like, even I was like, oh. <laughs> oh, absolutely. Yeah. Soap actors. So back I'm, to no, you. No, no, so f- yeah, go ahead. what is that? So what did did you see that? Did you see? Oh, yeah. And what is that like? And what is it? What is the fan base of of being a soap actor? What is what is that like? What is that world like? And how did you notice it? Like how did it come about? Well, where you're I mean, like, I would, ah. you, you know, you you get stopped in the streets. They they are they are the true definition of the word uh, soap uh, watchers. They're, they're real fanatics. Okay. And so they have no compunction about stopping you. No matter what you're doing, well, other pe- other fans say, "Oh, there's someone else." That's yeah, yeah, yeah. But a f- soap fan will come, "Hey, oh my gosh, you're so and so's evil twin." Yes, and and they'll put you, and they'll be just it's like you're a beetle. They'll put their arm around you for a picture, and they're shaking. Really? Oh, did, did yeah. you mostly how, women? Yeah, yeah. Where, was it disarming at first? And how did you learn how to I mean, I deal with yeah, this? Like it, uh, it really it was a great lesson because. Uh, because I stopped, because uh, you know, as an actor, you, th- you, 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 even if it's just a small portion of your, of your, uh, your fantasy, you think, well, it'd be interesting to be, to be recognized, you know. Uh, but then after a while, it becomes not that big a deal. It becomes, you know, not very satisfying. Not that I rejected anybody. I was always very kind to everyone that would come in, and, mm-hmm. and really appreciative that they, that they wanted my uh, attention or whatever. But it, you stop. You, you stop taking it personally. Okay, interesting. And so you. And so it was a great lesson because now I don't really care if I'm ever recognized ever again in my whole life. And so that was that was really a nice a nice uh, uh, lesson to to, to learn. Uh, How was it for your wife? She. It was harder for her. It was a right, because for she's her. not in this business at all. Right. Uh, so it's like. You know, you and I have you and I have you all the time. Like, I think I've had you. Yeah, and they were, and they would be very uh, not disrespectful, but it would be so they'd blow her kind of uh, tunnel vision. Yeah, on me. Yeah, that they were they would lose all awareness of their surroundings. You are your character. Your wife is not part of that, and they wouldn't know. They wouldn't recognize her at all. That that was the relationship. Right. They didn't want to. They didn't want to. Right. No, you were. What was uh, your character's name on the show? Todd. Yeah, you were Todd to them. Oh yeah, and then they didn't. Some of them didn't even know my real name. They were like, "You're (laughs) Todd." That's one of the. That's what. That's the other thing that you realize. Hey Todd. You realize about about fame, and I'm not talking. I'm talking about soap, not Brad Pitt or George Clooney style. I mean, I'm talking about this kind of fame, is that, you know, you are. You're the equivalent of a of a of a really the most expensive Maserati driving down the street. People pointing. You, you don't. It's just a. It's just a, the exterior. It's just you're a character. Look what yeah. I said earlier. I said, what did I say? I saw Erica Kane sitting like yeah, that. Saw Erica Kane. You don't. I, yeah, I didn't, you don't and he yeah. said, no, Susan Lucci. Susan Lucci. Right. Right. Uh, uh, so that's that was the other thing. Oh wait a minute. This has nothing to do with me at all. This is the case. This could be anybody playing this part. I just happened. So that was that was good. And, and I think well, I think that speaks a lot to your how your brain works and your yeah. understanding of it because there are some people that would think, I am Todd. I made this character, and then oh, it's like, look, let me tell you, <laughs> uh huh. Let me tell you, I was working with some of those. I people. bet, man. I bet. And some of those guys, like, so there are some people like, you know, are these career people? Twenty-seven, thirty fucking years. There's some years real schizophrenia happening. Office. There, well, there was anyway, and there's a couple of soaps still left, but there's some real. Schizophrenia happening on soap, meaning on that they meaning they that the, 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 they the, became the, the line between 
their real personality and their and their character is so blurred as to be non-existent. Well, you know, that's and, and do you think that is? I often wondered about that. Do you think it's because they don't once they've been identified with that, they they lose all. Unless they're not self-aware. They almost like they never really liked themselves in the first well, place, so they be. want to become that person well, instead yeah, because be, they exactly, yeah. I think I think there's no, they had no self worth exactly, and so that you know this this character it gave them is you know the the, the best parts of them, are, and and uh, they didn't ever want to be their characters always needed to be heroic, okay, never ridiculous, you know, always needed to be cool, uh, and in control. And never made to appear foolish in any way, and so uh, because that's where they wanted to feel about themselves. Okay. Yeah. Meanwhile, it, it might not fit a character or a story. It line might not fit a character, and it might not work with real people on real sets. Yeah. So <laughs> I, w- I need to get back to this workload. How on earth do you get through eighty-three pages? Well, I I, I uh, started to tape my lines, a la Brando. Yeah. I taped them to uh, the sets. One. Wait a minute. There's not a. There's not a teleprompter, a teleprompter or anything. No, there's no teleprompter. No. No. That that was that that hadn't been in use for years and years by the time I showed up. Wow. So they expect you to just. So you. So memorization is a huge deal. Yeah. Oh my god. Yeah. So. Uh, and that's a show that's on every day. Like. Yeah. Soap operas on it every day, five days a week. Five days a week. Like so new episodes and script changes sometimes, right? And script changes. Yeah. And then also. I didn't. I didn't try to be verbatim. I mean, I didn't okay. try word for word verbatim. So I, they I, weren't. You were the little. Yeah, and that and that and that was the way it was for everybody. Uh, it wasn't okay. Just they let okay. Me do it. Right. Everybody was. Uh, so I would tape the lines um, to sometimes to other actors. <laughs> Did you ask him first? Yes, of course I asked. Him. <laughs> no. He How you doing, Steve? Yeah, yeah. Three by five so note cards on their it, forehead. How you doing, Steve? Yeah. Steve, can you just turn around for a second? Here we go. Yeah. All right. And of course, it was really liberating. I know why. I know why Marlon did it now because it was really liberating to do it. Do it that way. Really? Uh, yeah. Oh, it's fantastic. I saw Steven Seagal have uh, the PAs write his lines on layout board, uh-huh. and they, so there was massive words on these big brown pieces of yeah, cardboard well. behind them. And I watched Gary Busey do uh, the look down. He 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 didn't want to know any of his lines, and so it, you telling that story reminded me. I remember watching. He was working at three movies simultaneously at at the building that I used to run, and so what he would do is he'd always put the script down below him just off camera. Yeah. And he would always start the scene with his head down. And so you've got all these movies with him. So if you ever see a movie with him and he's, he's looking down, down he's and then he line. looks up to start talking, that's yeah, his move. Go. He's literally coming up off there the off the script. Yeah, that's it. So that's what I do. And you, you realize, unfortunately, you realize, I realized after just a, a few weeks that it didn't matter how well you did. So... When you say that, what do you mean? Like well, you would I be mean, bummed I out mean, about a performance, and no one would would, eat, would be like, "All right, great, good." We'll move oh on. yeah, no, it couldn't. Yeah, they they would because they couldn't. Right, they're in a time crunch anyway. Right, so their mentality was it. It was 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 it a grinder mentality? It was a like, grinder uh, mentality. Let's, let's, let's move, get out let's of go. here. Let's go. Yeah. Let's get out of here. And uh, you learned very quickly. I'm assuming that the audience is also very forgiving. Is that part of it as well? I yes, y- yes. Obviously, the audience is yeah very forgiving. And the reason it didn't matter, and this is the the maybe the biggest lesson I learned. As far as the the art form, uh, is that writing really is everything, and uh, there's never been a a, a movie poorly written or a f- <laughs> TV show that's poorly written that it has become good because of great acting. Yep. Okay. 
speaking of Brando, have either uh, either of you heard of the uh, movie Burn? No. Okay. So we're talking about Marlon Brando, right? Who is I consider him the greatest, at least the greatest film actor who has ever lived, and he considers that his greatest performance that he's that he's ever given. And he, here you, neither of you, know it. Neither of you familiar with that movie. Why? It's not very well written. It's not a very good movie. He is as good. It doesn't get any better. Acting doesn't get any better than in that movie. How come you never heard of it then? And so case in point, I would do some amazing stuff on this soap, and it would just not make any difference. It was unwatchable. <laughs> you know, because I, 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 I started, real. I would DVR it. I would DVR it. <laughs> And I'd say, Sarah, I, I really think you know, this might be interesting. <laughs> and we'd watch it, and about halfway through, I can't watch this anymore. <laughs> oh, no. And you're in it. And I'm in it, and I'm yeah, doing great stuff. Like, this, is like, really, this, this is really is good. Let's watch garbage. something else. <laughs> yeah. Honestly, I'd say this is fantastic acting. I can't. Let's watch something else. This yeah, is this horrible. is awful. <laughs> and now, uh, any of the, I, I don't know if any of the writers on that show would listen to this podcast, but, but the thing <laughs> is that, nah. but, but, uh, it wasn't because they weren't talented writers. It was a lot of what they were asked to do. Yeah, the storylines, the plots. Like you got to be were asked twin to, and a they were a, right. They were asked to be so expository. They were asked to. They were asked to. This is one of the problems I had with the show. They would write the show for people who didn't watch it, instead of people who did. So they would just coddle, and everything was on the nose, and they'd repeat the circumstances. Yeah, just bald face uh, uh, ex- exposition, and so you can't really, you know, as you 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 write. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, so you know, I don't know. You do exposition. Dealing with exposition is one of the hardest things to yeah. do. Yeah, and uh, and they didn't do it well. And they didn't even when they didn't have to deal with exposition, they didn't do them any of the more interpersonal stuff very well either. So the writing was simply wasn't good enough to to support any interest. And so I realized, well, it didn't matter. Well, you know, I learned very well if, if I gave a good performance. Yeah, because you you can't go past what they wrote, and they're being told to write so low. That you, there's nothing. This is this like is the this is the liberating liberating part of being an actor, and some people consider it the kind of oh that's too bad, but I think it's totally liberating. Good writing doesn't need your help, and great writing or, or bad writing cannot be helped by you. Right. So what's left? Don't worry about it. Yeah. It's not the the, the you know Mamet says it best. It's it's not the actor's job to be interesting. It's the writer's job. You know, it's it's funny because you know, in listening to you, it's like you know, obviously there, this is true. There is an art form to acting, and and but then there's the other side of it, you know, the business of show, right? Mm-hmm. And it's just like I remember when I first moved out here. I think one of the uh, the first thing I ever worked on was an Aaron Spelling show, and then the second thing I worked on was an independent film. And I just remember um, having never been exposed to everything. The Aaron Spelling thing was this, you know, towards the end of his career, but like huge, but massive. Massive, mm-hmm. you know, what in that time looked to me like hundreds of trucks and hundreds of trailers, but it wasn't that. But you know, what I mean, massive, sure. right? And then this independent comes in where it's a couple trucks and you know to pick up and a guy know, with his own uh, audio equipment. You know, uh, you know, a guys that uh, the you know the the catering truck where the guy's fixing the the tire and the and also making the food, you know, on his truck, you know. And I remember talking to the producer and he's like, and I was trying to understand why he was making. I don't mean any disrespect, but why he was making. This movie that he seemed to think was horrible, like it didn't read, I didn't mm. get it, and he was just like, "Because I'm going to make this movie for two hundred seventy-five thousand dollars, and I'm going to sell it for three hundred fifty thousand dollars. That's why I'm making this movie." Yeah, yeah. And I was like, "What?" He goes, "Money, man. 
It's just a job. Yeah. This is just a product. Somebody already bought this. I just need to get it done and move on. And I was like, well, wait a minute. So all the actors on this, like, the, and he's like, yes, this is just, these are all paychecks for everybody. That's it. And I was like, not everything is oh, apocalypse now. That's no. Right. And it's like, and, 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 and again, at first I was like, you don't know any, this is ridiculous. Like I thought for sure. And then over time working on hundreds of productions, I understand there's sometimes there's the passion project. Sometimes there's, you realize you're watching something pretty cool. Mm-hmm. And then there's uh, many times you're like, yep, they're just, they're going through the motions here. They're going to get this done and they're moving on to the next thing. This is, this is just a job. But yeah. also as an actor, Absolutely right. it's, it's a little bit of everything. It is yeah. a little bit of everything, but as a, as an actor, like I just think about the stuff I've done, that has been bad, which is, you know, a handful of things, but, um, you just, each job you try to, do the best you can. Like it's, it was all about learning. It was all about becoming a better actor for me. Like just trying to be as good as I can, like not a scene stealer or, 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 uh, you know, taking attention away from other people, but like just to do make that role that I got as good as I felt I could make it. You know what I mean? And then of course I saw like two movies I did and was like, Oh shit, I need to take an acting class. <laughs> well, there you go. There, 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 well, yeah. Or you just need to keep doing it. The, yeah. You know, over and over and over, yeah. and yeah, and, and work more. So I, 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 I don't want to forget about this. I want to get back. So you moved 11 days before 9-11. Oh, yeah. Where did you live in New York? And, and walk us through what that what that world was like for you. We, It's very rare that we get... Like, like we've a had a couple people on the show that were in New York, and I and I'm, and I'm, I will never not day, be fascinated. Yeah. Yes, I'm, I'll never not want to hear personal stories about what, what it was like. Lori, so on 12th, between, uh, I think it was 1st Avenue and Avenue A, or 1st and 2nd, I can't remember, but uh, 12th Street, and uh, we were still jet-lagged, so we got a, we were woken up from the West Coast, actually, a relative of mine. Oh, called. so you were still sleeping? Yeah, we were still sleeping when the first one hit. Uh, we were still so, uh, can staying I, up Can I have late, some perspective know? when you say of where you were, like... Were you far enough away? I was down, so obviously, I mean, I'm you could. I'm downtown, but so, so but you could not hear. I couldn't hear it. What but, uh, happened? But I'll tell you what was. But I could smell it. Oh, immediately. So you woke up and you're like, "Well, not when I woke up. Like, uh, you know, a little while uh, later. Okay, okay. Just kind of drifted uh, up. Got it. Got it. Understood. Understood. Uh, so I was woken up and the and uh, um, they're on the TV and I saw it and. Uh, was it so we were like oh yeah and it was uh, like nothing like nothing I can describe really uh, I won't do it justice and then we realized well what can we do well okay uh, but can, so I'm gonna stop you there so they woke you up and said terrorist attack or a plane has hit a building to, yes the plane has hit uh, uh, the World Trade Center you need to you know yes just you should know so we I hung up immediately and went on yeah. you know look because because correct me if I'm wrong initially they weren't. No, it wasn't I don't remember right how away. long it was before the crash. second plane hit. It was, it was, and at that point, that's when that's when all hell breaks loose. Right? Yes. So I'm just curious what was. What I happened. saw the, I saw the, you know, the on television. Point. I saw that. I saw it. But you know, here I am. I'm. This is only happening a few blocks, not a few blocks, but you know, very close. You're, you're close enough. It's yeah. okay. You know. <laughs> and so uh, uh, saw the saw what happened live on on TV, and then the second one, the second one, and we we said. Uh, the second one, and we and we, Sarah and I said to each other, "Well, we need to do something. We need to help out somehow. What we can't just okay." Sit here so interesting. Your 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 instinct was not to run, not to wonder how the hell do we get out of here? What's going on? Right? No, uh, uh-uh. no. 
why why do you think that was like what what why do you think that your instinct wasn't well, because like because I well first of all uh, even though we were downtown and it's relatively close New York is such a you know, they'd have to I mean they weren't gonna bomb the entire island you know they weren't gonna I just felt like this is what they were gonna do and that's and that's probably the I don't know the ex- that's the extent of it uh, but I just we didn't feel in any immediate danger okay. where we were okay so we and this is one of the most one of the images that stays with me is we went out, took a right on 12th, down to First Avenue, and people were running, you know, up First Avenue. Towards you? Towards, yeah, going uptown. And uh, you could smell the, that acrid, uh, you know, of pulverized concrete. And, uh, we immediately went to the nearest hospital and waited in line to get blood, and of course that was... Uh, a waste of time, because it was just so. No, there was no no one to give blood to, you know. But uh, yeah, it was. Uh, this is the first time I've I really talked about it uh, in a while. Uh, it's hard. It's hard to think about. Because what do you? I we mean, you're, right you're, you're you're also trapped, right? In, in some respects, not I want to say trapped. That's but I guess you are. You're not going anywhere. You obviously said you guys aren't going anywhere. You're not running from this. No. But can I ask you a question? You know, you said that your initial instinct was we're going that way, and then you see, it sounds like quite a few people coming towards you, yes. right? Yes. Did that in that moment were you thinking what? Okay, now it's what are we doing here? Are we? Did you keep going no, that we kept, way? We, no, no, no. We 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 it and happened what, to be it was we're going you know across town on on Twelfth Street and, mm-hmm. and they were running up and we needed to go uptown anyway. Okay. To go to the nearest hospital. And so we just kind of went with the flow, and went to the hospital. And, and then once you realized you couldn't do anything at the hospital, well, like, so we gave. Oh, you I did. Oh, you gave, did. Oh, yeah. Because yeah, I, we were gonna we were gonna do. We knew we couldn't do anything right then. Okay. Anyway, so we we waited. I can't remember how many hours we waited to give the blood, but we gave it. And um, and then I don't remember what we immediately did afterwards. But then there were, we attended as many of the vigils we could, and and we went to the Javits Center and volunteered there. Uh, we did as much volunteering as we could. Um, what was that? Th- so that that day after you gave blood and stuff like that, was there was there? Was tell you it, what, was, was it very quiet there? It was a little quiet, but I tell you what, the most astonishing thing about New York City, and I, I think a lot of people f- took this as as being cold, uh, but a lot of people were out to dinner that night, and we walked down the streets, and there were people enjoying themselves at dinner, and I. Instead of saying, how could these people do that? I thought, there is New York for you, man. That's, this is why New York is the center of the world. It's the, it's, it's New Yorkers are a different breed. Uh, that they're able to say, you know what? Uh, we're going to go out to dinner tonight. And, and indeed, you know, I don't want to talk about Rudy Giuliani very much right in his current state. Right, right. But to his credit then, he said, you know, best thing we can do? Say, okay. You're not going to shut us down. Yeah, and so it's, it's, and that's the thing is only certain areas really did shut down. Obviously, yes, the most immediate. Yeah, yeah. But no, everything else. Everything else was life. Was life, life must. I mean, a, everyone was. You could tell, you know, something had shifted. Even you, you, you knew that the people at dinner were having dinner almost in spite of themselves, yeah. but doing it anyway. They might not even have been man. out to dinner that night, but they were like, well, "You can't fucking stop us. Yeah, we're in New right. York. That's right. We're New York. We're yeah. in New York City. Absolutely right. So." Uh, so there, w- there was an element of, of life as usual, but it w- the axis had tilted 
obviously. Well, the acts of the whole entire world had tilted. Yeah, know? yeah. So, uh, but I also felt the positive, the only positive thing was that I really felt like a New Yorker then. I felt like I had been indoctrinated somehow. And it felt like home immediately. Like I was supposed to be there. That wasn't an accident. I'm sure it was. It was just purely coincidental. But right. it felt like, oh, yeah, this is where I'm supposed to be. Because now I'm a part of this whole thing. Now New York has changed, and, now, and I was a part of the change. I was there, and so to this day, it feels like home. Okay. Yeah. Well, I mean, it's an intense, I mean, you know, historically, you know, I mean, it's like you, you talk about historical things. You're talking about World War One, World War Two, yeah. Vietnam. Where were you then? Right? Yeah. 9-11. I mean, there's like the moon you know, landing, the, Kennedy, the JFK moon assassination, yeah, yeah. then there's 9-11. 9-11, there's, the yeah. Where and were so you? And so, you know, and, and, when, and when people say, where were you? And I say, I was first and 12th. Oh, you mean you were you were there downtown? Yeah, it happened downtown, and you were downtown. So you know, interesting. And so, yeah, th- I mean, it it had to. You you must have carried. A pr- a, 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 I I can't imagine a, as a human being with a heartbeat at least for the first couple weeks, be just because of there was there was so much death mm-hmm. that obviously it just you know every day someone has lost someone somewhere. Oh, it's yes. like the heaviness of that. The burden of human beings with a heartbeat the having to live that every single day. There's just more stories and oh, more yeah. stories and the heaviest, the heaviness of it being out here. Yeah, you know what I mean. Like three thousand miles away, yeah. and it was just like whew, you. It was you know weeks of like what the fuck. Yeah, it's not an easy thing to obviously just. It, it wasn't like it happened. All right, we're moving on. Like it. Well, you know, I mean, it's it's. Dude, there's I no, can't. Uh, sorry. Oh no, I was just gonna say like yeah, moving on didn't seem like a thing because it was like the baseball was canceled, flights were canceled, like things that you took for granted every day were like, well, we're not doing that right now. Yeah. Like yeah, there was a oh. certain level of system that was shut down. And we're talking for like a while. in America, that's like you're talking about dollars. Like yeah. those companies didn't make money that day, and that's not what America likes. Mm. Like yeah, America likes yeah. to make dollars, so for for those things and those like staples of the country to just stop for a couple days or a week or whatever it was was like you i felt that it was like jesus i will say though it's interesting getting your perspective because the 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 one thing that i have noticed the consistent theme that has been coming out of the stories from the people that i have talked to that were there which is what you're talking about which is that i don't want to say immediate defiance or resilience Mm -hmm. but the way it's like that I don't say they flared their chest, but you Absolutely. understand what I'm saying. It was no, like that's New York, that's they're exactly right, right in it. That's exactly right. And that's the we f- were probably sense. feeling it more of a of a cowering aspect, three thousand miles away. Yeah. Than I think the people that Absolutely. when you talk yeah, to the people sure. there were like, I'm you were sorry, all question. They weren't. They, were, they weren't. Uh, uh, they didn't uh, uh, pretend it wasn't there in the least. And I think that people were were feeling heartbreak and defiance simultaneously. Mm-hmm. It wasn't one or the other. Yeah. And that that's a real that's that's what I love about that city, and I love about the, the people who live in that city. Um, they were sensitive to it, um, and yet we have a reputation to uphold. Yeah. In a sense. Yeah. Uh, that's so funny. I was I, uh, HBO was playing uh, um, being John Malkovich. Uh. Do you remember? Do you remember the scene where Malkovich gets into the cab? And the cab driver turns around and says, you were in that Jewel Thief movie, right? And Malkovich says, uh, no, I was never in a Jewel Thief movie. I've never played a Jewel Thief. And the cab driver turns around and says, yeah, I'm pretty sure it was you. <laughs> and I thought to myself, now that is a New York, that is the perfect yeah. example <laughs> yeah. of a New Yorker. 
There isn't anywhere else in the world. Everyone else, everyone else, and everyone at the time go, oh, okay, I'm sorry. I'm sorry, my mistake. Yeah. New Yorker says, no, no, you're wrong. You're wrong. <laughs> About your own career. <laughs> I'm pretty sure it was you. Dude, that's and then like, that's it. It's like the... That Seinfeld episode where Kramer's like, oh, yeah, it's, it's, it's your birthday. He's like, it's not my birthday. He's like, no, 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 it's your birthday. He's like, what are you talking about? Yeah. Like, and that's that kind of that feeling you yeah, have. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, we're, 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 we're heartbroken. But, but fuck them. They yeah. do take it a little bit too far in baseball when they throw, and, and football games when they're throwing beer on people. But, uh, but other than that, oh, you know, that's... I tell you what, I, you know, I hate, I'm, uh, I, I'm a lifelong Yankee hater. I grew up in... in Washington, so I was a Mariners fan, but I've always hated the Yankees. And then I went to a game, and I saw some of the most despicable stuff. Oh yeah, in the in the bleachers out outfield bleachers. I oh, saw yeah. us, uh, they were playing Oakland, and there was a poor solitary Oakland fan right in the middle of the bleachers, and they Ugh. stole his hat. They took his hat and uh, threw threw stuff on him, and he never got his hat back. They just took it. I don't know. And that was just despicable. That I throwing throwing uh, beer at that guy. It's just that's why I don't like the Yankees because they're fans. Yeah, and you look and you could look at the end of that game when they were getting all excited. Game four just the other day, just the I go. There are so many angry man faces in that oh. crowd. Like, well, I never understood that. And their baseball knowledge isn't very good either. <laughs> no, I'm serious. They <laughs> no, don't understand that. the game. Like, not like people in St. Louis or 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 San Francisco that really get the game. I saw yeah. them boo. Players for stuff that there's no reason that they should be booed. I was just, what are you crazy booing this guy right now? And they'd boo him because they, oh, it's not things are going our way. Yeah, <laughs> it's more of a it's more of a crybaby boo. Yeah, but I also like don't a... understand like when you're winning, why are you throwing beer on somebody well, that's not winning? winning. They no, 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 no. But the but the the video oh. the video that went viral with the uh, throwing the beer on the Oakland, it went, they won the game. Yeah. They won the elimination game, and then their 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 way to celebrate. Punish the punish the fan that's not there that that's uh, for the losing team. Like I don't understand that we won, but I'm still mad. Mentality makes the, no sense. That's very Boston to me. It's like we won, but we'll still yell at you. Like uh, I don't. Okay. I, okay. Yeah. Exactly. I don't. I just don't get it. Right. Did you um, when you were in New York and working on the um, the soap opera? Because obviously you had some you had some good success early on with some bigger uh, films. Did you still work in film? Did you still yeah, get film gigs when you were in yeah, New York? Yeah, I was still booking. I was, uh, I was the only one that was still booking, um, you know, large gigs like, uh, what did I do? I well, did the Born Ultimatum when I was on it. I did uh, oh, wow. uh, the Kingdom, Jamie Foxx, uh, uh, Peter, uh, Peter Berg film. And uh, so I was auditioning, and, uh, and I was, uh, uh, the, the better and bigger casting actors were, fans of mine so I that's what I was going to ask you so obviously you've had you've had good success on big yeah. budget films where what where where did you what's your world in exposure to more of the independent kind uh, of that, kind of those world I was I was always doing independent you were. films the entire always from from the time I moved down okay to, to LA through now I'm still doing okay you know, my career is interspersed with some Independent films that are never seen. Or, right. You know. Well, yeah. Well, that's, that's independent films. That, that's how yeah. it works. You know, it's yeah, like they yeah, run out of absolutely. money and that's it. <laughs> You're like, yeah. uh, or it's just, you know, there's just so many of them. Yeah. I mean, again, you know, you and I talk all the time about, you know, I'm, I made an independent film. I, right. you know, there's the, I know that the majority of people in the United States of America will never, ever, right. ever but see the actor, film though, that I. That's made. how you 
that's your school. That's, that's your right. practice. That's, that's your right. take this role, make it as good as it's you can make it. It's also the you never sees it. Always that you never know. You never know. And 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 my whole thing is like I'm still so proud of and still glad I did what I did, even though I know the majority of the people will probably yeah. never find it. Right. But you know what? It exists forever, and I'm and I'm and I'm proud of it. You know, like that's that's the thing. It's like yeah. there's always a place for everything. It just it just made me a very it's small just place. Buried so on so Netflix <laughs> somewhere. <laughs> right. And then you've got the situation. Well, you can get large roles in those, and then, you know, it, it, although it was a great uh, uh, compliment that I was booking these large roles, especially the Kingdom was a, was a pr- pretty good sized role. But like in the Born Ultimatum, I worked on that for five weeks, and I think I'm in it for 15 seconds or something like that, just to the way it was cut. Yeah, right. I wasn't cut out of it. It was yeah. just the way it, the movie is cut. Yeah, you know. And so I I knew people. I I I learned my lesson. Yep. I, I told oh, I'm in the Born Ultimate. That's really you know. It's a huge a movie. Fan of the films and and uh, Paul Greengrass. I liked his movies and and uh, so I tell people you know in the like, I shot it for I shot in New York City. I was you know chasing you know Matt Damon up the streets in New York City. And we went to London and shot and we went to L.A. and shot and and you know it was so fun and cool and, and then people go to the movie. I didn't see it. Yeah, <laughs> I missed it. Where were you? Yeah. So I learned my lesson never to tell anybody about anything <laughs> until you I've see done. it. Until you see it. Until I just saw the movie. Until You're not it. in it. Yeah. Just no, so but you know. that's cool. Like we have uh, Dan Satchoff was in uh, uh, Hoover. J- uh, J- uh, yeah, yeah, J. Edgar. Edgar. And uh, you know, he's like, "Oh, I play a reporter," and then he just shows us a letter that they were like, "Sorry, you've been cut out of the." Oh no, kidding! It's they like, sent him a letter. Yeah, well, they sent him a letter, which was nice. nice. But like, yeah, we have a, a a girl who's been on the show. She was in a one of the barbershop movies. Uh, she filmed in Chicago, and she had a pretty big... Oh, no, she was in a Steve Martin movie. That's what it was. Mm-hmm. And she was like, oh, I got to take her mom and her friends to the premiere. And, like, no one told her her part got cut out. So they watched the whole movie. I know. And they're like, oops. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but, again, goes back to what you said very early on in this uh, show. You can't take it personally. No. They I know. make business they decisions. Because, you know, it's like at the end of the day, it's not like they're like, Oh my God! We need to get Trevor St. John out of this film like that. No, no one, no one talks no, no, like no. that. In fact, no. they, in fact, they, they during shooting, they gave me. They had uh, uh, the screenwriter. By then, I can't even remember. They had so many credited screenwriters, who it was, but they gave, they had him write me a monologue, and that I had to memorize on the you know on the fly. But that's right. thing I, But that's impressive. They're no, like, they, we they like had, you yeah. enough. We got to have more. Yeah, for and you. it was very technical stuff because I was just doing tech. You know. Uh, uh, but uh, of course they must. This is this. They like what I'm doing, and they're happy to have me here. Yeah. I knew it was just the, the way it was cut. Yeah. Absolutely, I knew it was just the way it was cut. Yeah. Yeah, uh, I think you have a good attitude about not taking it personally, and it's not. No, about, you can't. Yeah. If, if if there's one thing you, you need to take from this, it's that you you shouldn't take anything. Well, you should never. You should rarely take anything personally ever. Yeah. In life, uh, because everything is based on. What else, the Somebody else's someone else, yeah, reaction, you know. but especially in this business. Yeah. Now, I hope that doesn't mean that we get a whole bunch of other people coming to town and say I'm going to be an actor now because I, but I don't know. <laughs> That's never going to not I be the case. Yeah. There's always going to be a lot of people. I don't know how that fluctuates. I don't know what the coming off the Greyhound population is yeah. these well, days. First off, like, I don't know if they're still coming off Greyhounds, Greyhounds anymore. Probably not. It's more like a Spirit airline flight. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. The uh, uh, so you are are you allowed to talk about what you're doing yeah. right now? Okay, I so, so. you I, 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 yeah. I yeah. mean, it's again, you're not doing any top secret projects. No, no. I just wanted to make doing, sure, but yeah, so you're Roswell, on you're on, uh, the CW's uh, uh, a retelling of Roswell. Oh, cool. Yeah, 
and uh, I play uh, Master Sergeant Mains, which is the, the I guess the main villain. If you had to kind of oh, you were a bad guy. Yeah, and this is I've always wanted. This is the yeah. best roles. Now that I'm getting, you know, older and uglier. Not that I was ever super handsome like that. But Get out of here! To, I, talking I'm, to two uh, trolls. <laughs> uh, hey, wait a minute. <laughs> uh, uh, I'm getting the roles that I've always dreamed of. Yeah. So uh, and a military haircut. Military right? haircut. Yeah. 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 Uh, oh, that haircut's for the. Got, yeah. Oh, yeah, and it's a great gig, man. I'm really enjoying it. Great people, good writing, good directors, great producers. I'm a cruise fab. I'm, I'm just, a, I'm just having a ball. And they're letting it's the, it's the antithesis, of what I experienced on the soap. And I couldn't be more grateful because they're letting me, do stuff that they, they didn't necessarily see, when they read when they wrote. Letting it read you it. develop this letting character. Letting me, me follow my impulses, and they're open. How do you do that without them being, I mean, I, obviously, you know, you're, you're being careful about it, right? You don't want them to, you get this opportunity, you don't want them to be like, all right, this motherfucker's full of himself right now, here he goes. Like, how, how do you approach what you're trying to accomplish with them without them going, hey, man, if you, like you're talking about with the soap opera where they're like, no, how about you just do what we asked you to do? Right. Like, so do you, is there a way you go about it or do you just try it on the fly and then you see if there's a dialogue? Like when you talk yeah, about Yeah, I the try it on the fly and see if there's a dialogue and I always come armed with, I'm, less, I'm having to do that less with this job because I'm realizing they really appreciate what I'm doing and I think they're going to question, the questions of what I'm doing are going to become fewer and fewer as we go. But I always come armed with, well, if you, if you see it this way, let me tell you why I see it this way. I'm always prepared that way. And any director should be willing to listen to absolutely. that. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Um, so, yeah, I, that's... Uh, and, and I'm able to say, oh, well, uh, uh, I understand where you're coming from, but this, if you think of it this way, look at the circumstances here and look at this and this and this. Oh, yeah. I because see, you're spending your time thinking about this character and being this character, whereas they have so many other people yeah. and so many other things in, on their plate in front of them, whatever they're doing... That you have the the most time with this particular yeah. character, so they should take into consideration how you feel about yeah, it and so what we, you're yeah, doing. Yeah, they should. And I've, there have been plenty of gigs where I've come armed with that, and I've said, and they don't. They care. Don't, we don't care. <laughs> Say the lines. No, this is do the way you're going to do it. Yeah, and that's where you just ignore them and do it anyway. <laughs> but you know that doesn't ever feel very good. But no. On this, no. you want this, you want to have so their support. In their yeah, and you and on this, I'm really feeling terrific about about the the the, the directors especially because. That's they're the arbiter of, of what's going to happen on the day. Uh, I'm really feeling welcomed and supported, and I'm really, really pleased with it. And I can't remember, you and I have talked about this before, so everything you're going to do is going to be a refresher course for me, but this was a group of people that you had not worked with before, no, this I, was this, or you did. Well, when I've, you worked got with, I've worked on the CW before. I did, a, I did a, a, a show called Containment a couple of years ago that went one season, and I worked, and Julie Pleck was the executive producer on that, and... Um, we hit it off, and I th and I think she must appreciate what I can do because she thought of me instantly for this role. Okay, she's so you were eight, called in for it. Okay, yeah, okay, yeah. All right. and uh, and it was a great opportunity to work uh, with her. Um, she's terrific, and the person and terrific uh, talent. And the highs and lows of acting, which is you get the call, you got it. We're going to pilot. Then you're like, okay, oh, yeah, and cool. Then and then you wait, and, and then, then it wait. goes. It goes to series, and you're like, rock and roll. And then they say, oh, by the way, we're done. Married man uh, with family. We we're are done. not filming it here. We are we, right. No, exactly. <laughs> we're not filming it here. Or or we're or we're we're done after three episodes. It stinks or whatever. Or, you know, that wasn't the case on containment. But uh, 
Were it's you like, a military? Yeah. Was your character military on containment? No, too? in fact, he was kind of the opposite. He was a slovenly uh, 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 reporter, uh, unkempt and and uh, breaking the story. Yeah, greasy hair and a beard, and yeah, it was it was kind of fun to have to go the the opposite. Yeah, yeah, this, yeah. But actually, which is interesting for your schedule, it it, it it's your schedule's been pretty nice so far. It's been very of, nice. of of because ha- obviously you're, we're doing this show from Los Angeles, not New Mexico, well, which just, is it, where you're. Yeah, it's a it's a uh, the role is a, is technically a series regular but it's a supporting series regular so i'm not in every episode right uh, i'm there to precipitate the antagonism you right. know and then they, they so I, I i precipitate some antagonism or whatever and then that carries itself for a while and then i come back and do some more <laughs> stuff but it's fabulous you know and and uh, one of the other things that they're doing that's so terrific is they're they're finding the contradiction in the character and uh, allowing me to uh to find different colors in it because you know one of the things one of the problems with soaps and a lot, and a lot of television frankly is that the characters become monolithic in other words you know, if you're the bad guy you're all bad if you're the hero you're all heroic and uh, to their credit they're letting me uh, explore the lighter side of this character and the more compassionate side even as I'm doing some dastardly things and, and that was that's what makes a a good character. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's why Man on the High Castle is such a good show. I haven't seen that. Is it? Oh, that right man. There? So they're oh man. So they're kind of they're all over the place. Well, there's a couple guys who cl- clearly were American military. Then we lost the war in this in this show, and then now they work for the Reich. They mm-hmm. work for Nazi Germany essentially, but there's still a little bit of, and they know what they're doing. They're keeping their family alive. They're keeping you know in good graces with the ruling government or whatever, but. You can see in a, a, a specific character that, like, he's like, okay, this might not be what I want to be involved in, and like, there might be a way out of this, and there might be a way to change some yeah. things. So, right. but you see, it's like it's a, all bad and all good is like that's nobody. That's absolutely it's, right. It's like absolutely and nobody. And it's not as it no, only is it nobody. Nobody is actually interested in watching. Yeah, <laughs> it's, it's it's boring. Anything like that. Yeah. I mean, people go to James Bond movies. Even though they're more monolithic, because they know what it is. Yeah. This is just about a guy. He's going to get in some deep shit. And then he's going to get out of it. It's it. going to be fancy. But it's not, a, it's not it's an exploration of, of humanity in any <laughs> no. no, 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 no. So, uh, but but as you guys as writers, I tell you, the, the best you can ever hope ever do for an actor is to create contradiction all the time. Yeah. And that's what I'm always looking for. You know, and like we were talking about Shakespeare earlier, he was the master of it. Is Hamlet a good guy? Yeah. Not always. Uh-huh. Not always. Is he, is he compassionate? Can he be a dick sometimes? Yeah. He can be really sweet and funny. He can be morose, obviously. Like a real human being. He's one that boom, boom, boom. And that's a great, that's great character writing. It's great writing. And they're le- on this gig, they're letting me explore some of that's really nice. When does it actually air? I, we don't know. Okay. Uh, that's, I think the CW is going to determine that, and Warner Brothers is going to determine that later. I think early next year. Early next year. Early next year. Yeah. 2019. Mid-season, okay. yeah. Is was Roswell already a show? It was a show in the late nineties. Yeah, and it was really popular. And is it is this the same? It's some of the same. Yeah, it's based on the same characters, but oh, they're, okay. they're really going a different way with it. They're really, okay. they're, to their credit, they're 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 making it a little more trenchant. They're 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 exploring some of the some of the social uh, problems we're having now, and you know, uh, especially my character as the as the antagonist. You know, I'm I'm kind of the Joe our or Pio. Oh, the, God. You know, I'm, I'm right wing, you know, get these aliens mm-hmm. out of here. Mm-hmm. I want to cleanse 
uh-huh. my town and my world of these people. And so it's very kind of allegorical yeah. what they're doing. The alien, literal alien yeah. in this sense, <laughs> yeah. uh, stand-ins for, you know, uh, Islamophobia or uh, yeah. what's happening at, at the borders and, and uh, immigration and, and homophobia and all that. So I, I'm really appreciating that they're tackling some of those issues. Interesting. Get these yeah. gay aliens out gay of aliens. my country. Exactly. Wasn't it? Uh, yeah. Was it Mike Pence. Gay. I don't know. I can't remember. Let's not get into. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Lunatics. We're in the safe zone here, yeah. so yeah. we're we're totally fine. Well, dude, I really appreciate you coming by, and uh, um, my pleasure. It was a nice conversation. I told you this. Good. I told that's you how we, nice. That's how we try to roll. And believe Good. it or not. So I do have one last question on the way out the door. Oh. Whatever became of your music career? Oh well, you know. I don't. I still have this fantasy that it's, it's never going to completely disappear. Did you ever play in the clubs? Did you ever? Yes, do stuff? I played in the clubs here, and I played at. Uh, I had a gig at, at O'Brien's in Santa Monica. Oh, we know O'Brien's. You know O'Brien's. Oh yeah, we used to stand up there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh yeah. Jamie Kaler used to bartend at O'Brien's. That's Dave that Forsyth, Jamie Kaler. That yeah. place has been around for a long time. Yeah, and, and I, I had gigs around town. I was playing in. A, a, for some reason, I, I was getting these blues gigs. Awesome. I never play. I play jazz, and there's a there's an element, of course, uh, of blues and jazz. Uh, but uh, straight ahead blues gigs I was playing, and uh, but no jazz, no no jazz stuff. Jazz gigs are harder to find. Jazz Interesting. Gigs are harder to find, and my chops aren't. Uh, you know, I need to. Re- I would need to really what we what they call. Uh, uh, Woodshed. How do you get yeah. in with other guys to play? Is this all freeform? Like you're just like people are getting together. There's no rehearsals. You mean, and you're the, you mean uh, like the stuff that you did? The stuff that I did. You, I actually you guys was looking for gigs, and I and I was like, it musicians. What was it called in the magazine? It was basically a backstage for musicians. For musicians, yeah. okay. Uh, looking for drummers and guitars. Music and connection. Uh, anyway, so I found. I would look. Who's looking for a drummer? And I and I, I met the guitar player who's really good guitar player, and we just started jamming and. I went from there. Um, and while I was in New York, I would look for some gigs. But there's a little, uh, it's also a little ageism. You Interesting. Know, wants to be in a band with someone in their 40s. Because you know, most of them are in their 20s. You know? Hey, yeah. cool, man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They're like, dude, we got to stay up past 10 o'clock. And you're like, that <laughs> right. does not sound like a good idea, everybody. Right. Nothing but good happens after 10. So you never, so you, so it's, it's so you did not play jazz at the, is it the I stood in, or where when I first it? moved to Manhattan, I, I would go and do um, What's uh, the, sit-ins. What's the main? Late pl- night sit-ins. The famous jazz? Oh, the, the Village Vanguard is the most famous. That's the most famous the one? Blue Note. The Blue Note, sorry, Blue Note. Did yeah, you, did you play at any of those? No. Okay. No, no. God, <laughs> I'd be, I wouldn't be able to hold the stick, man. I just, it would be, I would be terrified to play at the Village Vanguard. I saw some amazing people there, but I, I couldn't do it. But I, no, I had the smaller clubs I would go and sit in. So I still have the idea that someday, I guess the, the idea is that, you know, you, you chose a career in, in, in um, film and television and you got to concentrate on that, and if you're not, you know, yeah, focused on it to a certain extent. But I will say, and this this is as a non-musician, yeah. for those of you who have never like, I know I get like the the whole concept of going out and socializing is to go to bars so you can chit chat. You need to go to a jazz club and have a drink and just hang out. Oh man! Like if you have never done that in your life, you need to do that. It is such a different. It's like I, I it it. I don't know how to explain it. It's just you just got to do it. I'd it's really you have cool. To think about a good blues bar. Yeah, I, th- I actually think that jazz musicians not only the greatest musicians in the world. I think the greatest they're the greatest artists because they combine both improvisation and incredible technical mastery. 
and you're also seeing people that are choosing a, 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 a form of expression that will probably never make them rich. And they're doing it on purpose. Like we're talking about, this is a stupid idea. I'm going to do it anyway. Yeah. Uh, that's a jazz musician. Those, that's one of the reasons why they're all my heroes. Because they'll go into some dingy club and tour the, tour the country, go from club to club, just make just enough money to get by and be making the best music there is. So uh, uh, my, you know, jazz is my, is, uh, I love it. And uh, I want everyone to go. Go see jazz. So good advice. Yeah. No, I mean, it's, have you been to a jazz club? Yeah. 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 Of course you have. You like music. Yeah. That goes back to that whole thing, too. You got you, music. If you're not listening to music, what's the matter with you? I don't care what it is. You better, be, you better be listening to something. But that's yeah. like people who aren't, you know, people who talk about, oh, that guy's a nerd for that. Like, if you're not a nerd about something, what are you even doing? Yeah. Like, get some hobbies and do something. Find go some to, things go, you like. Go to Radio podcast. Shack and buy, do, do, a podcast? Po- do a podcast. Nah, I don't know about that. I think those. there's, yeah. 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 <laughs> coach some coach flag football. There yeah, yeah there, there you go. There you go. Get you, get you. Definitely, I will say, and we'll close on this to bring it all back to coaching. I was talking to my kids one day and, and uh, about it and because sometimes they, they're like, you look frustrated. You look frustrated when you coach. <laughs> when I yell at children. <laughs> And I and I said, but do you? I and I and I said to my youngest son, I said, do you understand? I, I go, you probably don't know. I said, but do you understand why I coach? And he goes, because you like it. I go, yeah, yeah, yeah. Sure. I said, but I do it because I want the best opportunities for my boys. Mm. That's I go. That's why I ultimately do it. Mm-hmm. Because I didn't want to be the guy on the sidelines that was upset because they weren't getting the playing time because they weren't being guided the right way. Like I was like. I'll just do it. Because yeah. I also understand it's like at some point, like, you're not, they're going to get to a certain age where, like, you, there's the, the, the parent coach yeah. is no longer welcome. It's like if you get to a certain level High of school. sports. Well, you're not going to be popping into the football field. They're not you're interested. Not allowed to. Take, take they're like, your, listen, yeah. listen, Hoosiers, yeah. just get off the court. Okay. You're a real Gene Hackett. Yeah, you're, yeah. you're a real drunk yeah, dad yeah, at the end yeah, of yeah, Hoosiers. Yeah. Yeah. Harry Dean Stanton. Who was that? <laughs> that was Gene Hackman, I think. Was Gene Hackman was the coach. coach. It was a. Harry uh, the, d- d- the drunk Dan, uh, 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 um, easy rider. Oh, d- uh, uh, oh, Dennis, Dennis, and Dennis Hopper. Hopper. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. Jesus. So yeah, it's just like you know. I mean, that's that's why I do it. I'll put up with all the other stuff. You know, I don't love everybody else's kids. <laughs> what you don't? <laughs> you don't have. To. I know. It's. A, I know. It, I know. I, I. Everybody assumes that the coach is there for everybody, and I. And I will. I will do my darndest for every other child. But always, you know, but I will always. Yeah. I'm there for my. I'm I'm there for my kids. You know what I mean? And it's just like that's, that's what that's why I coach. Like that's I, I may not necessarily know the most, you know, but I'll give the, I'll give them the the best effort. You know. No, you always do. And you be around. Do. Yeah. I did scare the shit out of one kid once. Oh really? You don't. You know my thing on defense is like I, we we create these zones, and I'm always like, don't leave your area, don't don't be fooled, don't be fooled. And I saw. I don't remember if you were there for that game, and they and I I don't like a, like really tricky trick plays. It drives me nuts. Like the kid that hides yeah. by the coach on the sidelines, they pretend like they're not on the field, but they are on the field, so that you don't know to to line up against them, or they all bunch up in the middle. Well, this and is like ridiculous. A, it's like, like the what key does that have to do with what you're doing? Like you're not. That's not. You're not you're learning not anything. Well, yeah, you're no. not teaching them football. No, Ooh, you're sneaky. The, the, you're the, the Keystone Cops football play, which is everybody gets yeah. on and you don't know where the football is. Yeah. And I and they went up to the line, and I said to the kid, I'll keep his name off, but I said, oh, I'm like, don't, don't, don't fall for it. Don't don't you don't 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 move don't move because you get allowed to coach on the field. So I was like, don't move, don't move. 
and he moved, and I was like, I just like yelled his Come name, on. and he literally like froze, like, and he could he didn't make the play more because I screamed so loud because he did exactly what I told him not to do. And afterwards, I, I'm like, dude, I'm really sorry about... Uh, it was like the only time that I had, like... Frightened I went someone. too far, and like, I didn't swear at him, but I screamed. And yeah. probably, you could hear it about 17 blocks away, because I was just like, I cannot believe you bit. Don't bite. Don't do it. Don't fall for it. But other than that, I love it. I love kids' sports. I think it's hilarious. Oh, yeah. Uh, no, no question. Me too. And I'm, and I'm, I'm happy to be able to... Uh, affect it the way I would like it to be, you know, to kind of do it in the image that I have of the fantasy I have I have in my mind about how it should be coached. Yeah. To try to manipulate it in that way because I've 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 been coached by some really. Oh man, kids. I just imagine gr- I grew up in a small town, Illinois. My, some some of the coaches I had were some of the worst people. Oh my god! Like just belligerent, drunk, child-beating yes. monsters, and you're like smoking cigarettes yeah, while they're and coaching that was the you. Guy and that's like telling me how to play first base. I'm like, okay. I used to watch coaches throw baseballs at their sons and like throw baseballs oh, at man. us if we weren't paying attention. You Seeing know, kids just get chase choked us. out, yes. chase yes. with bats. Like, oh yeah, threaten oh, beatings from this like the. The bench, like, well, wait till I get you home. And all the other parents are like, oh, that kid's in for an ass kicking. Oh, my God, yeah. So I'll, I'll leave on this. My, my two favorite uh, phrases in, in coaching is, it's okay to cry it out. It's okay to cry it out. Just never forget this moment so that the next time around you remember it. And then the other one is like, we need to stop crying. We need to stop. <laughs> we stop are crying, crying too much. We don't need to cry over everything. So I've actually coached both sides of like, go ahead. It's okay. And also, please stop. stop. Please stop <laughs> it. It's not That's really enough. getting us anywhere. No That's enough. No Trevor St. John, thank you so much for Thanks for uh, Yeah, thank you very much. Yeah. And good luck with uh, uh, Roswell. That sounds yeah. great. Thank you yeah. very much. Yeah. Thanks for listening, everybody. Thank you for listening to Hollywood Anonymous. Don't forget to follow us on Twitter at Hollywood Anani. That is short for Hollywood Anonymous. You can also follow John individually at John Huck and myself, Brian Irwin, at Brian Irwin on Twitter as well. Both of us can be found on Facebook. You can also Google us and contact us directly, HollywoodAnonymousGuys at gmail.com. Thank you again so much for listening, and please don't forget to subscribe. 